Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is J.J. Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress. We're going to be taking your phone calls all show long, 334-887-3401. We've also got our Player of the Week to give out this week. We'll be covering the bases with Eric McDade State Farm on today's show. We'll have Best and Worst of the Weekend and a Nightly TV Guide. So several things to get into on today's show. I want to start off by saying thank you to our terrific staff for holding down the fort once again in my absence, traveling with the Auburn softball team to Knoxville, Tennessee this past week. Uh, They held it down on Thursday and Friday for the show. Unfortunately, Auburn was swept by the volunteers to close out the season. They get ready to take on Missouri on Wednesday in the SEC tournament. So I'm gone after today again as well. And I know these guys are going to do a great job of holding down the fort, but I'll turn it over to them now. Brant, Brooks, how are you guys doing? How was your weekend? Uh, having a gr- had a great weekend, actually. Thank you. I'm uh, really excited to be here. Um, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that Auburn softball couldn't get the job done, just did not play well. I was the board out for the first two games of uh, of that series. They played the doubleheader on Saturday, and I, it just Auburn couldn't get it done. You know, they, they didn't play very well at certain points in that game, and Tennessee took advantage. And, you know, it's just little things that you got to clean up because the little things add up and they become big things and it, they lose games for you. But, yeah, had a really good weekend. Uh, was able to go back home for Mother's Day. Saw my mom, my aunt, my grandmother, and uh, you know had a, had a big lunch with them. That was a lot of fun. And really glad that I got to do that. Got to hang out with some friends as well. Saw the new Doctor Strange movie, which was good. And uh, we'll talk more about that when we get later in the show when we run out of sports things and we want to talk about other things that are not that don't have anything to do with sports. But uh, yeah, had a pretty good weekend. Excited to be here, Brooks. How are you? If my mic would be turned on by someone, um, I am great. <laughs> I'm fantastic. Um, I had a great weekend as well. Uh, went to got to see Auburn baseball Friday night and got to watch a little bit of the rest of the series. Uh, went to tennis on Saturday. Uh, Auburn and Georgia Tech women's tennis. Auburn women's tennis punching their ticket to the Sweet 16. Come back win over Georgia Tech. Really, really fun atmosphere out there at the Arboro Tennis Center this past weekend. They'll take on Texas this coming week in the Sweet 16 out in Austin. Um, Braves. We talked about it last week. We wanted to see the Braves. We needed to see the Braves start to turn some sort of corner here coming into this weekend week. And we saw the Braves last week. We talked about it taking two out of th- two out of four from the Mets, splitting with the Mets. We needed to see this corner start to be turned coming into this week. And the Braves stepped up, took two out of three from the Brewers. And now you get set for a two-game uh 
quick two games with the Boston Red Sox starting tomorrow at Truist Park and then welcoming the San Diego Padres for the weekend. So uh, it, you you can maybe start to see the corner being turned here for this Braves team. Uh, really, really exciting. Ronald Acuna had a had a decent week uh, weekend for the Braves. Um, a couple other Braves had a really, really good weekends as well and a couple uh, weeks as well. And, of course, I uh, can't wait to get to all your phone calls coming up on the show. I can't wait to talk to everybody. A lot of big uh, big happenings over the weekend. The Kentucky Derby, my favorite, one of my favorite sporting events all of the year, happened on Saturday afternoon. And, man, what a race it was. It was, uh, it was a great one all the way to the end. And then the 80-to-1 odds uh, horse that wasn't even in the field on Friday Got put in the field Saturday yep. morning, won the whole dang thing, and now they'll go. For, it'll go for the triple crown, and so it's a it's a really really fun time in sports. Can't wait to talk all about it. So much for our monthly predictions for that one, right? Yeah, I mean, what yeah, a big absolutely. twist! A horse not able to go and uh, scratched from the running, and how about that? I mean, eighty to one, the long odds for Rich Strike. I mean, it's an event that we always love. The names we talk a lot about our monthly predictions, but yeah, I'll go ahead and break the news to people. Nobody got that one right because the guy, what the, the guy, the horse, the horse wasn't even in the mix until Saturday when the event started to take place. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, a really unfortunate thing that uh that lined up. I went with Cyberknife because I know nothing about horse racing, and I just went with a guy who had relatively high odds and had the coolest name. Uh, and I believe Cam Barry uh, and I were talking about that, and he did exactly the same thing. So Cyberknife was a popular choice, but it uh, ended up not working out. But yeah, Rich Strike uh, won and then immediately tried to eat another horse. <laughs> he got that was feisty. awesome. He got a little feisty there. He's, he's got that dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got a little feisty yeah. right, there right after it, but how about that? I mean, just a phenomenon. Now you got, you got two weeks, and then you get the uh, you get the Preakness Stakes up in Maryland to uh, try to defend that title or try to keep going down the path toward a Triple Crown. Wouldn't it be something if he was uh, able to win that Triple Crown this year after not being yeah. in the field to, uh, except for Saturday, till not getting into the field for the Kentucky Derby till Saturday morning? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe they should just let him sit out the field until Friday and be like, "All right, now you're running." Yeah. And l- then don't. don't don't train him up or anything. Just now, you're, now you're running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal sports weekend. Um, Auburn softball. <laughs> yeah, just I'm stuck on. Imagine winning a contest or a competition of some kind, and then immediately going and beating up the guy you just beat in the competition. <laughs> well, it was. It was. It was. He started biting the neck of the other horses. It, it, I mean, that video was wild. That was I just, insane. I, I, I was, was like, what so is happening funny. here? He was just a little feisty. He was excited. He's got that fire. <laughs> He's got that fire. Um, but yeah, like like you were saying, Brent. Uh, unfortunately, Auburn softball couldn't get a win this weekend at yeah. Tennessee. Uh, got swept, and I think Mickey Dean said it best after yesterday's um, uh, game when uh, the post game interview with uh, JJ on the Auburn Sports Network. Uh, they just didn't adjust. They didn't adjust well. You got to make those adjustments, and so uh, you got to come into the get in there, watch uh, watch whatever film you can, try to make those adjustments, and go up and get ready for Wednesday. Face a team that you haven't faced this year in the Missouri Tigers, a uh, team that's seated higher than you in the in the SEC tournament, and so. Need to get a win. It's winner go home, and then you got to sit there and wait for whatever your NCAA tournament destination is. So the Auburn Tigers would like to keep playing. If you play past Wednesday, you go into that second game. You play Alabama, which you know Montana Fouts is waiting there for you. Uh, if you can get past Missouri, but all eyes right now for Auburn softball are on focus on those Missouri Tigers, a, a team that. 
can get some wins. They weren't, they weren't the best in conference play this year, but they got a few big wins, um, and they uh, they've got a chance to. Both these teams got to have a chance that they can get going, can make some noise in the SEC tournament. But you got to get past one another to start with. And this uh, Missouri team is going to be a fun. This is going to be a fun game on Wednesday afternoon when these two uh, when those two tangle. Um, Auburn, as we said a little bit ago, Auburn baseball couldn't get the series win over Arkansas yesterday. I did take one of three, which I think we said on Friday's show that it wouldn't be detrimental, even though you'd like to win two out of three at home, it wouldn't be detrimental for the the Auburn baseball team to just win one against a top five Arkansas team, and they did. They won the Saturday game against the, the Razorbacks. Grad one did fall at least one spot in some of the rankings. I know the D1 baseball rankings a lot of people use fell one spot to 20th. Still, uh, still have a chance to roll down the stretch here with some very winnable series, but you look down the stretch, you look after two weekends away, you've got Alabama coming in this weekend, and then after that, you've got a Kentucky team that just finished off a series win over Tennessee this past weekend, and uh, what a uh, what a performance by those Wildcats up there taking down Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's still ranked number one, but Kentucky doing a really, really good job this weekend to silence some of those uh, Tennessee bats, silence some of the uh, some of the, the volunteers' hopes for best season ever in the SEC. But uh, it, it's going to be it's a, it's still two very winnable series for this Auburn baseball team coming down the stretch, where you can set yourself up for a nice seed in the in the SEC tournament, and then hopefully you'll be able to uh, set yourself up for a regional hosting spot in the NCAA tournament. All right, we've got our first commercial break due up here on the program. When we come back, we'll start to take more of your phone calls. We'll celebrate our birthdays in sports and a whole lot more. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. have your attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show my name is my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 let's get back to sports call on tiger 95.9 feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress. Your phone calls are welcome. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 Why? Well, because all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Let's go to the phone lines for the first time during today's show. And joining us now... On the phone as we go there, it is our very good buddy, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into the program. Hi there, Matt. What's up, guys? Hey, What's buddy. Up, Matt. What's up, Brent? What's up, Brooks? What's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? Hey, man. I went to the game yesterday and Arkansas got lucky and cheated. 
<laughs> I don't know that they always cheat every time a team beats Auburn, uh, Matt, but, uh, yeah, they did no, come away with, with a Matt. good win. I'm with Matt. <laughs> Well, we really wanted to see because see, like the, the they like they were viewing, and I thought their Auburn first baseman was safe at first. It took a long time to review it, and then they called him out. I thought uh, I've always heard the Tigers are running. Yeah, I mean it, it typically does. So uh, I guess they'll just have to go back and look and see if they might have made a mistake on that call. Well, uh, I was going to ask you guys, uh, you guys going to ask you, like, uh, you guys can do simple uh, questions. First, JJ, for you, who's pitching against, for Auburn against Troy um, uh, tomorrow night? Jordan Armstrong is going to get the start for the Auburn Tigers when they go on the road against Troy. They've had a couple of different guys in the midweek, but the Hayden Mullins injury kind of had Barnett kind of go back out to SEC weekend rotation. So we're going to see Armstrong throw tomorrow. Okay, and you guys can answer you guys a simple question. Do you guys think that Auburn can beat uh, Bama at Auburn in baseball in Kentucky and then um, if Auburn started the SEC tournament in Hoover, who will Auburn play in the first game? Still a lot is up for grabs in the tournament seating. We're not going to take time to, to look ahead that far because still have six games left. We do know the SEC tournament for softball, however, and we know that on Wednesday Auburn softball is going to play Missouri. Okay. So do you, but do you guys think Auburn can beat Kentucky and Bama in baseball? Yeah, I think, uh, this, especially this weekend, I think Auburn's got a really good shot to take two out of three from Alabama. I don't necessarily know if they're going to sweep them because you still got a lot of question marks with that pitching staff, like J.J. said a moment ago, especially with that Hayden Mullins injury. And so I think it's realistically possible you, you look at Auburn taking two out of three from Alabama, and then it's going to be a little bit tougher of a matchup than we thought it was going to be with Kentucky next weekend on the road because Kentucky just got done with a really, really big series win over uh, Tennessee over the weekend. And so I would not be shocked if Auburn only wins one of those games, but also I wouldn't be shocked if they win two out of three because I still think this Auburn team can go up there and get a get a series win against Kentucky. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Auburn wins two out of three the next two weekends. Well, hey, this, is, this is a question for Brent. Brent, have you heard anything about a player that we're supposed to get from Georgia for visiting Auburn? I think he's a running back or wide receiver. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, you know, a lot of great athletes come out of the state of Georgia. I'm sure that, in fact, I feel like most of Auburn's team is uh, compiled by players from Georgia right now. So uh, it wouldn't shock me. I know that Auburn is going after a lot of kids right now. Are you talking about a transfer or a guy who's in high school right now? I, I think he committed to Georgia, but he's, he's coming to visit. And there was a player, I can't think of his name, but they say he kind of plays like Cubby, Cubby Hudson. I'm yeah, I, I know that Auburn is going after a lot of wide receivers right now. You're not going to be able to sign any kids that are in high school for this season, but uh, you're losing – or you, you've got a lot of older guys, so they are trying to get some younger guys in there. But, yeah, Auburn is going to be recruiting a ton of guys, and uh, once once we get closer to uh, the signing period, then for sure that's going to pick up. But do you know what I'm talking about? Like kind of it kind of, uh, kind of plays like could be hosting? Uh, no, no, I don't. I think it's an Arizona State player or... 
Okay, yeah, I have I have heard of that kid. I can't remember his name, but Arizona State's top wide receiver from last year. Uh, really big kid. Uh, he's bigger than Kobe Hudson by a lot, but uh, he was their leading receiver last season, and Auburn is, uh, I think, in his top three, and he is a transfer. Hey, JJ, or bro, do you guys know who I'm talking about? We're looking up the name specifically, but again, a lot of people need to check out Auburn Undercover, Auburn Tigers uh, coverage there at autigers.com. But yeah, we, we've heard of those players, just sometimes the names don't necessarily stick with us until we know officially that they're coming to play for Auburn. Okay, here's, here's, a, here's a question. Um, Shaquille Neal's brother, is that the one that played at LSU? I, I mean, his son that played at LSU that like, committed to Auburn? His son. Yeah, uh, his son hasn't committed anywhere yet, but his son uh, Sharif O'Neal did play at uh, did play at uh, LSU. Uh, okay, okay. Well, uh, I was gonna do some like a uh, trivia quick question, but because tomorrow I got to, I got to do some yard work here tomorrow. I cut the grass today, and then tomorrow we have to leave at one o'clock to go to Auburn look at the house, and then we have to go to Birmingham on Thursday to get me some kind of lawyer and but I was gonna do some I was gonna do some uh trivia. You got a busy uh, week, buddy, don't you? Yep. No, I was gonna do some I was gonna do some like trivia, like I was gonna do maybe some college or major league trivia. All right, let's uh, let's do that then. All right, here's your question: What SEC East team is on the Auburn Tigers football schedule this season? What SEC East team is on the Auburn Tigers football schedule this season? Uh, Mizzou. Yes, very good. Well done. Well done. Nice job. What MLB team did the Atlanta Braves win the weekend series over? Milwaukee Brewers. Very good. You're off to a great start here, buddy. And then uh, let's get you one more question. In Major League Baseball, in Major League Baseball, what team is winning the Braves division right now? What team has the best record in the Braves division? Oh. Mm. I wish they did Philly, but that's not right. Uh Uh, take a guess. Sports call. Say that again, Matt. Dodgers. No, they're no. not in the. Uh, they're not in the East. Is someone in the NL East? Uh, it's not the Phillies. It's not the Phillies. So it's either the Marlins, the Nationals, or the Mets. The Mets. You're right. It is the Mets. They don't play a very nice here. <laughs> hey, I, I, I told my dad, I said, like, I told my dad this. Uh-huh. I, I, I said, Dad, Arkansas cheat, and I'll play very nice. He says, like, give me an example. And I go, like, he says, they don't play very nice. They play, play like Bama. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they they've got some. They've got they they do play very very good baseball over in Arkansas. That's why they're a top five team. I don't know if they necessarily cheat, but uh, they're they're a really really good baseball team. Hey, Hey, it breaks with me. Thank you, Brent. <laughs> yeah, man. For sure. So is, is Auburn still ranked in baseball? Yes, they are. They're number 20. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, uh, has, uh, has my friend John called yet? He called on uh, Friday, but he has not called today. He's fired. <laughs> Let's do this cheer, okay? You ready? 
Five, four, three, two, one. War Eagle. Hey. Beat Bama 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah. Booyah. We're coming to your field to beat you. Georgia, we're coming to your field to beat you. Hey, you guys, next time Sean calls, you guys tell you this book. All right. We'll talk to you next time, Matt. Thanks for the call today. Hey, Bye-bye. Hey, hey, tell James and Ward and Steve, I said, what's up? All right, man. We'll talk to you later. That's our buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 As a gentleman, let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line and joining us now on the program is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve, kind enough to give us a call today. Hello, Steve. Hey, what's up? What's, what's up, up, sir? <laughs> exactly. What's up? I, I want to say a big what's up to uh, Mr. Uh, Matt there. Yes, sir. All right. Guys... We had a not-too-good weekend in Auburn uh, softball or baseball, did we not? Uh, softball, definitely not a too-good weekend. Baseball, it, it wasn't the best results, but uh, you know, you, you still saw Auburn baseball put up some fights against Arkansas on Friday and, and Sunday that kept them, I think, kept them in the minds of a lot of the pollsters that shouldn't, if they, they dropped them, they didn't drop them that far. Yeah, you know, um, give me your take, guys, on Mr. Gonzalez our Sunday pitcher, because I'd read some good things about him. You know, uh, I think he came from the uh, uh, Philippines, or where'd he come from? I believe it's Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, okay, that's right. Uh, He's supposed to be a really top-notch pitcher, but lately he has just really been struggling, guys. What's going on with him? Yeah, he's been, he, after Hayden Mullins, he's been the, the pretty much the ace of the staff, the secondary guy, and they got him pitching on Sunday. Um, it's It's been the first few innings. I think that's what the, the really, really big, uh, big buffer with him has been is that first inning or first two innings, he kind of has a slow start into it, and some of the teams like Arkansas have taken advantage of it, and once he gets through, if he can get through that first inning, inning and a half, uh, and he can get through that relatively unscathed, he can start to cruise a little bit and settle in, but it's just that first inning. I don't know what it is. I don't know what adjustments need to be made there that he needs to uh, he, he needs to step up a little bit, but that first inning is really, really first inning, two innings is really been killer for him yeah so we've got uh our baseball team got uh, uh some some work to do now we've got alabama yeah this and, weekend uh, yeah and thankfully that's at home and then uh we're on the road is it kentucky or who is it it is kentucky kentucky okay then after that who we have left then it is the sec tournament those are the last two sec schedule or uh, series okay realistically okay uh what do you believe would be a reasonable outcome in terms of wins among those two series left? Uh, well, it's like I, I told Matt uh, in the last call is I think you can re- you can confident I can confidently th- think that Auburn baseball wins at least two out of three from Bama. I'm not going to be shocked if they sweep Bama. I'm not going to be shocked uh, if it's just two out of three. But I think Auburn definitely is, is in a position to at least win the series against Alabama. Uh, when you look at the Kentucky series coming into this past weekend, I would have told you definitely Auburn can win two out of three against that one. But Kentucky came was at home this weekend, took two out of three from the number one team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers. I still think it's a really, really realistic possibility that Auburn takes two out of three from Kentucky. Kentucky, but now after this this weekend series, I think you could you could uh, re- 
realistically say Auburn only wins one of those games. I don't think Auburn gets swept in either of them, and I think it's it's more likely that Auburn wins two out of three out of both of them. Now, going with that, guys, what I've been reading, uh, unless I'm reading it correctly, it matters more what we do in these last two remaining series. Is that right? If, in other words, if we go become regional hosts or go to the uh, top four or whatever, uh, more so than winning the uh, any games in the SEC tournament. Is is that correct, or am I wrong? No, it, it definitely – you need to finish out the – because, you, you know, you get into that uh, SEC tournament and anything can happen in there. But if you finish the season strong, you're going to set yourself up for a, uh, a really, really good spot. The the SEC tournament, you get in there. If you win the SEC tournament, you're locked into the, the field. And so if you can go in – I think it's still important that you get in – if once Auburn gets into the tournament, you win at least one game because of their positioning right now. They're still sitting there. Like I said, D1 Baseball's got them at t- ranked 20th right now. And so you need them to jump up just a couple spots to get about that 18th area, 18, 17, 18 area in the rankings so that you look at it because it's the top 16 are, um, are regional hosts and then it's the top 8 that are uh, super regional hosts. If you can get into that area, you can be an at-large regional host in the NCAA tournament. So I think it's really important. Like you said, Steve, it, it is really important that you go in and you do really well in these next two series, at least probably win two out of three, and then I think you probably need to win at least one game in the SEC tournament. Okay. All right, good. Um, I know the softball team got his hands uh, uh, pulled, too. All right, guys, uh, real quickly, uh, I saw this moments ago from Nathan King, uh, a Twitter from a guy named Kyle Tucker, and it has to do with Alan Flanagan. It says, Kentucky's Kellen Grady, one of 44 players invited to the NBA's G League Elite Camp in Chicago, May 16th to 17th. And whose name do I see on there? None other than Alan Flanagan. Correct. So that means what? Is he looking to possibly leave us? Yeah, I mean, uh, Auburn made it. They they were very quiet about that decision, but a number of the underclassmen did make the decision to declare for the NBA draft, as they have done in years past, just to be able to go and get review on players uh, from the league, on what they need to improve on in their game and that sort of thing. So they do officially have to make the decision to come back to school, but Bruce Pearl always loves when his players take this next step to get kind of feedback and insight from the NBA scouts. Okay, so what's your take on that, JJ? Do you see the likelihood that Allen probably will yeah, not no, be I, I think I, I would be kind of shocked if he if he decided to walk away uh, and leave Auburn. I think he comes back for one more season. I don't think he's not going to get a good review uh, in terms of yes, you're going to be one of the 60 picks drafted this season just because of how much he fell off during his junior season. So uh, if he were to leave to declare for the NBA draft, I would be shocked. Okay, all right. Um, Continuing, this was a shocker to me. I said, wow, uh, where is this coming from? And this has to do with the away football game, uh, away football game tickets for Auburn fans. Uh, one of the uh, bloggers on Auburn 47 Sports said that he had uh, logged into, into the Tough account to order away game tickets. And he said the only tickets available were to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So then he says he calls the ticket office to ask him, what about the other away games? You know, like, Georgia, you know, and Bama. And you know what he was told? What's that? Uh, he was told that they were, uh, uh, that Georgia and Bama had both cut their allotments and they were not going to be able to offer those games this year. 
Interesting. Did you guys know that? Had not heard about that. So, are, am I understanding this correctly that uh, away opponents, there are no tickets uh, to Bama and Georgia games? I don't think it means that there's none. I think it means that it, if they've cut the away game allotment, that means it's probably a little bit more high priority of you know tough members for Auburn. They do reserve some for away students, too, and then family members. So I, I bet you if, if Georgia and Alabama have cut down one, it's not a shock because Georgia's coming off a national title. They're gonna, they've got a huge ticket demand. I'm sure they've, they've cut down a little bit, getting them a few more red and black shirts in the seats and Athens. Trying to make some money. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then, two, if they've cut it down, you've got to, if you're Auburn Athletics, you still have to prioritize or you still look to prioritize the, the, the family members of the football team and uh, members of the football staff and then you want to give the students the opportunity to go there so I'm sure when it comes to tough away game tickets especially for that Alabama and Georgia games those are like really really you got to be really high priority uh, right now to get those if, if that's that's just my guessing so guys do you think this is uh, somehow a, a slight uh, from those two teams against Auburn fans or do no you no not at all a big deal no, it's, I, it's not a big deal, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's like I just said. Georgia's coming off a national title, their first one since the 60s, so I'm sure ticket demands are way up. I, I was looking earlier today at some SEC ticket prices, and, you know, you, you Georgia, right now, you've got tickets selling on StubHub for $200 at the, at the cheapest for an SEC game. And so... Uh, it's just you know, Alabama's always in high demand because of where they sit every single year, and you've got a, a Heisman Trophy quarterback coming back in Bryce Young. So a lot of people is, with the, that wear crimson and white want to go to the want to go to Alabama games, and I'm sure that ticket priority is really really high. And then Georgia, like I said, off a national title, there's a lot of people that want to go see the Bulldogs this year, and so it's it's probably. Not knowing, you know, everything that's going on behind the scenes, it is probably they've, you know, they've cut it down across the board where it's just more. They want more of their own fans in their stadium. Okay, uh, listen, guys. I know my time is pretty limited as your time is. There is a this uh, brought up by Jason Caldwell on his Monday morning quarterback column, and I'd like to discuss it maybe later on this week if you get time to read it. It's about the NIL and uh, how uh, Jason feels that. It's really doing more damage than good to uh, the, uh, the the future of college football as, as we now know it. So I just want to get your thoughts on it after maybe you've had time to read it, and we'll talk about maybe some uh, later on this week. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, real guys, real quickly, uh, did you know that Mr. Al Borges uh, is going to be uh, coming up with a book coming out this fall about uh, his time at Auburn? I saw a press tour. I saw him on the Paul Feinbaum show at the end of last week, and I know that he was um, going through that process. So, yeah, it did seem like uh, that's some big news coming our way. Yeah, it uh, apparently from what I read on Auburn 247, um, it was indicated that Feinbaum, I guess, was trying to maybe bait him to see if he would say any disparaging words about his time at Auburn and the boosters, but apparently he didn't uh, take the, the, the bait and didn't say anything disparaging. Uh, and also, apparently his son, is playing on attending Auburn. Did you know that? Did, Did not. not know that. Yeah. All right, moving on real quickly, guys. The top 50 loudest stadiums, according to someone on Twitter called Big Game Boomer. Have you seen that list? I have seen that list. I've seen a lot of stuff from Big Game Boomer. And, yeah, he's a... Uh... He's nobody official. He's he hasn't taken any metrics or anything. It's kind of just his opinions. But yeah, he's gotten some fame for doing those kinds of lists. And yeah, he has Auburn where sixth, I think. No, very good. Uh, is this Brent? 
Yes, sir. Okay, uh, so you saw the list. Uh, yeah, I don't know, you know what he goes by. Has he been to all these colleges? Or, I mean, how do you know which one's the loudest? I, I think it's multiple people. Uh, I think it's more than one guy running that account. So I think they all have a... Uh, you know, they all have they all have their opinions and they stick their heads together. I, I don't know. It may just be one guy who likes watching college football. You know, there's yeah. he's not an official guy. He's just gained some traction. Well, were you surprised by any of the rankings of those teams? Uh, no, not that I saw. I mean, I I've only ever been to two college football stadiums. I, I've been to uh, Gainesville, Florida, uh, and I've been to Auburn. And uh, the one time I went to Florida, it was very loud, but. You know, I don't think it was louder than Auburn can get. And, you know, I, nothing super surprising to me there. The stadiums that are known for being loud were, you know, they, they were high on the list. And, you know, there were other schools there. I, I didn't take time to look at all 50 of them. I was surprised to see Alabama ranked 27th. I've never been to Bryant Denny, so I can't it, I can't comment. I'm gonna say it, it does it gets loud, but there's definitely louder stadiums in the SEC. But South Carolina was ranked number 10. Yeah, the, well, I mean, they play that rooster crow all the time that adds to the to the noise levels for sure. But yeah, South Carolina is very loud, especially when they do their what do they do? Inter Sandman is that them or is that Virginia Tech? Uh, Virginia Tech's Inter Sandman. Sandstorm. Sandstorm. They do Sandstorm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, I know the SEC uh, tournament starts for the softball team this weekend. I think our team plays Missouri. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, will that be televised or not? Yes. Every game on the SEC network. Okay. When, so, when do we play? We play We play on Wednesday at 1.30. I'm glad you brought it up because uh, we will be uh, bringing – I will be there, Steve. Obviously, I'll be on the radio call with Brett Bowen uh, per usual, and then the show will end as soon as that one's over. So it'll be a little bit of a delayed start for the show on Wednesday, uh, but we'll be on the air as soon as that game goes final. Now, you'll be doing the radio, not the TV. Part. Correct. Correct. I'll be on okay. radio. Yep. All right. I'll be tuning on to you. All right, guys. My time is up. I always thank you for your time that you give me. So until next time, war you always, and uh, have a safe evening, safe afternoon, guys. Thank you very much, Steve. We appreciate it. That's retired War Dam Steve joining us there on the program. We go ahead and we'll take our final break of hour number one. Still to come, our Player of the Week announcement, birthdays in sports, and covering the bases with Eric McDade, State Farm, on today's edition of Sports Call. To join our conversation, tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry still to come on today's show. A little bit later, we'll have covering the bases with Eric McDade State Farm. We'll have best and worst of the weekend and a nightly 
TV guide. Um, Matt mentioned this a little bit earlier. Auburn did make the top three for former Arizona State wide receiver Ricky Persall is his name. That's his name. Persall recently entered the transfer portal. A top three schools of Auburn, Florida, and Oregon. He was a decent producer for the Sun Devils in 2021, catching 48 passes for 580 yards and four scores. He also had one rushing touchdown and 44 total rushing yards. The only year he played a large amount of snaps since he got to Arizona State. He's from Tempe, Oregon. So he's a West Coast guy, but does have Auburn in his top three. Ricky Purcell, a decent producer. The story from AuburnWire.com coming over was, from Arizona State. I thought he was a lot bigger than he was. He's listed at 6'1", 200. So a good guy to have in your wide receiver room. You're trying yeah. to build out some depth. That is a little bit of experience, but this guy is not going to create a whole lot of uh, now, waves and discussion among the college football community. But he is a guy that has produced before. He had a 600-yard season last year. You know, he's in the Pac-12, obviously. He's not going up going up against Pac-12 corners if he if he does come to Auburn. But, I mean, Auburn, Florida, and Oregon, that's a heck of a top three. No kidding. You know, he's, he's a good wide receiver. He's, he's sought after. He's sought after, and he's... He's more experienced than a guy like Dazzle and Warsham, even though I think he's going. He has the same kind of potential. Um, he has at least proven that he can do it on a Power Five level. So uh, hopefully, the Auburn does land him and just get more get more bodies in that room. Just get more bodies in that room because you don't have a whole lot of experience right now. Let's celebrate our birthdays today. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today on May 9th, 2022. Here we go. Robbie Anderson is turning 29 years old, a current wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Robbie Anderson went undrafted in the 2016 NFL Draft, but earned a spot on the roster with the New York Jets, where he was productive for a number of years. Went to play college football at Temple. Let's go, Owls. Robbie Anderson turning 29 years old and a wide receiver for my Carolina Panthers. Calvin Murphy is turning 74 years old, the former NBA point guard for the San Diego Rockets, who are now the Houston Rockets, selected 18th overall in the 1970 NBA draft out of Niagara University. 1979 NBA All-Star. He was a part of the all-rookie first team, number 23 jersey retired by the Houston Rockets. At Niagara, Calvin Murphy was a two-time consensus first-team All-American, 1966 Mr. Basketball USA, and he was inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006 and a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame as a player as well. Calvin Murphy is turning 74 years old. Uh, Lindsey Whalen is the current head coach of the Minnesota Golden Gophers as she turns 40 years old. A former point guard for the Connecticut Sun and Minnesota Lynx the who selected son? the Connecticut Sun. There you go. And Minnesota Lynx. The Connecticut Sun. I said a lot of weird things <laughs> there. I said a lot of weird things. Um, selected fourth overall in the 2004 WNBA draft by the Sun out of Minnesota. So now so coaching golfers. for her alma mater. <laughs> she is the WNBA playoffs all-time assist leader, a five-time WNBA All-Star, a member of the Team USA Olympic gold medal teams, 2012 in London, 2016 in Rio, a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame as a player, and her number 13 jersey retired by the Minnesota Lynx. Lindsey Whalen is turning 40 years old, a really good women's basketball player. Prince Fielder turns 38 years old. Oh. The former MLB first baseman 
played for the Milwaukee Brewers, Detroit Tigers, and Texas Rangers. Six-time MLB All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, 2015 American League Comeback Player of the Year, the 2007 National League Home Run Leader, and a member of the Milwaukee Brewers Wall of Honor. Prince Fielder is turning 38 years old today. He could hit the baseball a mile. Yeah, right. another guy who just had his career cut short by injury. That that his press conference saying that he was retiring, where he had that neck brace and was holding his his either son or daughter. I can't yeah. remember, but that that is one of the more heartbreaking moments that I remember watching as a kid. He dominated MLB home run derbies whenever he participated. Yep. His son was always there, a little boy running around the park, which was fun to watch. And, and yeah, Prince Fielder, who's turning 38. Uh, we hope he's doing well, of course. No longer playing baseball, but had a lot of awesome memories as a player for those Milwaukee Brewers. All right, that's our birthdays in sports today. Robbie Anderson turning 29. Calvin Murphy turning 74. Lindsey Whalen is 40. And Prince Fielder is 38 years old. Also, happy birthday to the one and only brother of Brooks Childress, Blaine Childress. Happy birthday to Blaine Childress. Wow. He did, I'm glad we're giving him a birthday shout-out yeah. today. That makes happy, me happy. Halfway to 50 down there. Halfway to 50. All right. Right, keep it up, Blaine. Doing <laughs> keep on keep, living. Keep, keep, on, keep on, keep it on. Man, that heart just keeps on beating. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man! All right, as we continue to move on in our hour, let's celebrate our player of the week as well. Here we go. Sports calls player of the week. Atlanta outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. is Sports Call's Player of the Week, brought to you by Eric McDade State Farm. The Brave superstar reminded everyone why he's one of the best players in baseball last week with his first big week since his injury last season. Over the last week, Acuna played in six games, garnering a 347 batting average, along with two home runs, four RBIs, and two stolen bases. Acuna had back-to-back multi-hit games during that stretch as well and has reached base safely in all nine games he has played since making his return. Ronald Acuna Jr. is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Very well written, Brant. A lot of details. Uh, thank you. In that report on Mr. Ronald Acuna Jr. Good job, man. And he's been great. Yeah, he has absolutely been great. He's, uh, I mean, I, like I said in that thing, over the last week he had a 347 average. I mean, he's. He's hitting the ball well for a guy who hasn't played Major League Baseball for a year or so, or about eight months, I guess. Uh, but yeah, playing very well right now. Really happy that he's, really happy that he's, uh, you know, he seems to be coming back strong from what was a pretty serious injury. Yeah, you look at uh, what he what he was able to do and over the weekend wearing those uh, retro uniforms, just oh. absolutely just destroying. Make them the full time uniforms, please. Getting a shout out on Twitter from LeBron James. He hit the silencer after his celebra- after one of his home runs, which was wild. And then his other home run, he fell down yep. with his swing. Yep. Yeah, he, like I, he hit the ground. Not I like saw kind it. of. I saw it. Uh, I was at, I was at the Auburn baseball game Friday night, and I saw the the note come up on uh, from ESPN, and ch- clicked on it, clicked on the Twitter, saw him hit it, fall down. I'm like, oh no, he hurt himself doing it. And then I saw him jogging around the base, and went, oh no, he's fine. He just used every bit of that strength to get that one out, and uh, he did. One of the best players in the game, Ronald Acuna Jr. So glad to see him back in a Braves uniform. He is our sports call player of the week. That brings us to the end of hour number one of Sports Call today. 
Great stuff so far, and a great show continues here in just a couple of minutes. We've reached the end of the hour. It's time for us to pay some bills. We'll be back with Eric McDade covering the bases a little bit later in the program. Also, we've got our best and worst of the weekend coming up as well. Alongside Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Brooks Childress. Coming up this hour, we'll have Covering the Bases with Eric McDade State Farm. We've got Best and Worst of the Weekend coming up and more. We've got a lot of things to accomplish here on today's show. And your phone calls are welcome to talk about anything going on in the wide world of sports. We're getting into uh, what's going to be the dog days of summer here in the radio world as... Athletic seasons are coming to a close. We've got softball going to uh, the SEC tournament this week. They'll take on Missouri on Wednesday. If they win, they play two-seeded Alabama on Thursday. That'd be Wednesday, the game versus Missouri. Alabama would be on Thursday for Auburn softball. And then Auburn baseball has two series left in the regular season. They take on Alabama at home this week. They've got Kentucky on the road next week. Tomorrow, Auburn baseball has a non-conference road game at Troy. So the year is kind of winding down. We've got a lot of things to discuss in the coming weeks and months to get you set for the upcoming 2022 college football season. But here's a thought for you guys. Are you ready? Ready. Today is the first day of like summer for Auburn University students. If you're staying in town for the summer, you know, we saw a commencement this past weekend. We saw the exam period come and go. That's a wild thought to think about, guys, that like now here we are, we're entering the summer. I just thought about it. It's about to be really empty around here. It's about to yeah. be a real ghost town yeah. for a couple this of months. This is going to be the first time you experience this as it a is. resident. It is. Because I, I moved in during this period last year. I moved in in August. I moved at the same time that a ton of students did. So, um, yeah, that'll be that'll be exciting. And let to, me tell to be you. able to go downtown and get a seat. Let, wow. me say, let me tell you, we love the students. Those darn kids. We, we as, as a community, it's the Auburn community, we love the students. We love... Auburn University, everything, but these few months, 
it's a bit nice. At the end of them, you're y'all like, all right. Go, y'all want to go downtown and just like hang out so where we're not hanging around like all the 19-year-olds? There's still a few left in town. There's a few of them, but not nearly as many. But we're still, I mean, maybe. But yeah, Brooks, absolutely. doesn't that kind of put it in perspective? Like, hey, we're here in summer now that yeah. this is the first day that there are yeah. no class. There's no school going on at Auburn say, University here you, in town. You've got the... Want to go the, hang out at 17? <laughs> no. No, thank you. <laughs> well, you've got the pharmacy Not school. Not a fan? And the vet school both graduating today. And so then after that, it's just boom. They're all going. Most of Bye-bye. them. Bye-bye. Yeah. I get to go enjoy some tacos. Bye. Get get some nice uh, some after, after work tacos downtown. Without, well, that's what you enjoy to yeah. do. Hmm. We got a couple of. Uh, There's going to be parking downtown. Got a couple of interns that are becoming this say, summer for us, which will we? be exciting. Till the, uh, I think it's till the 16th. Uh, 16th, we've got uh, free parking downtown. So during the day, if you want to, anyone want to get lunch downtown, you got free parking. There you go. Let's do it. Reason enough let's, to do let's it. Let's do it. Let's all, let's all go downtown at some point. Probably not get lunch at seventeen sixteen, but. Like. You're the picky one that we have to work with. Well, yeah. I know, but there's still good places downtown. I mean, you've got Little Italy. You've got the Draft House. You would eat Little Italy? Yeah, I'll eat, I'll eat some pit, I'll eat some pizza. Okay. It's not my favorite pizza downtown, but it's good. Mellow Mushroom Pizza is downtown. Mellow Mushroom is downtown, and it's fantastic. Okay, we'll find We're a way to You do got that. Half Times as well. Yeah. Half Times is so good. All right, we'll, we'll make some plans and make it Let's happen Let's make some then. plans, man. All right. Let's do Sports Call from a JJ, downtown bar. JJ's not going to be here. Yeah, you're not going to... Well, no. He's going to be here eventually. He's not going to be here during the free time. Hopefully. Oh. Uh, hopefully he's he's down in Gainesville for a while. Oh, yeah, because I guess if, yeah, if well, we lost... Yeah, well, I'm talking I, about like later in the summer, not this week. Yeah, but free parking's only this week. Oh, is it? It's going to yeah. come back. It will come back. It always comes back. It's going to come back in like a month. How do, you, how do you enforce that you pay for parking? They have uh, parking. They've do got, they? they? Yeah, they've got a parking downtown? tent walking, walking around downtown. She does a great job. Ugh. She's active. She 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 puts a ticket on your car. As you someone if, who used to live in downtown Auburn. Well, I'm going to one of the decks. Yeah. Well, one the deck. There's only one downtown deck. There's, you can pay there are a few decks downtown. There's only one that's like actually in downtown, but there's a couple that are very close. Right by where I lived. Yeah. Yeah. Those apartments. Remember? Yeah. 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 You didn't know me when I lived there. That's but, true. Yeah. I met I you when you, you... Well, you actually did not live in the current house you live in when I moved down here. You you lived... You moved there like a month after I moved here. Yeah. When did you move here? Uh, August 1st. Yeah, and I closed on my house July 1. But you... You you were moving. You moved. There was a move... It was the first week I was here. <laughs> you got these guys all to help you move into your new house. And I, I, I was sitting back there like... Should I volunteer for this? I don't know these I people. I was not asked to help. Did that Were happen? Yeah. Okay. I thought, well, Ryan, I, I feel like Ryan was definitely a part of it. Ryan was definitely a part of it. You yeah, were I, also a part of it. No, I was not asked to help. Nobody asked me to help because I felt, I also felt bad that I wasn't helping. Like, no one asked me to help. Yeah. And you, you were just like, invited you've been me friends with them day. since college. Oh, okay. okay you invited okay. me and Grace over to okay. see the place after uh, you and Dr. Rob got through with it okay. and Christian. And I did put together a bookcase. My mom was there too. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Rob was, was not too. there. Your, your mom was there to help you. Dr. Rob came later. Okay. Like, came like a week later to help you too. I was not there. No, my dad must have not been around then. Because he was there that day. Like my mom, dad, and Nana were all there in one day. I put together a bookcase. Okay. I, I think that. my dad had already left to go back yeah. home. I, I put together a bookcase. I remember that. And then we put together something else of yours kitchen table we, yes. y'all were having trouble with the kitchen table and then you got me over there and, and when i walked in and we got it all done yeah thank you brooks you're welcome 
Thank you, man. Uh, did you guys see any of the fights this weekend? No. I did not. I, I wanted to, but I was... Uh, hockey fights? Yeah. I was driving home during most of them. All right. So, Michael Chandler, my favorite in UFC. Michael Chandler is your favorite in the 100%. UFC? 100%. That's fought. an interesting That's an interesting choice, but and all right. He's so young. It was just his third fight. He's young and he's 36. Right. So young in the UFC world, coming over from Bellator, former college national champion at Missouri. Had an unbelievable knockout of Tony Ferguson. Did he? On I mean, just incredible. And then we saw Nami Yumas and Esparza fight Rose. for the women's title. And, Thug uh, Rose, love her. Rose lost. Yeah, I know. It was the it was worst a, fight I've ever watched. Was it? Was it? Was, it, it I was, saw some comments afterwards where she played defense pretty much the, the entire time. The whole time. Yeah. And she's already beat that girl. I was yeah. so confused. The worst fight that I've ever watched was that boxing between uh, Mayweather and um, Pacquiao. No. Well, yeah, that was bad. Well, see, that's pinched. that's because boxing um, is a stupid sport. What was? And it? you should watch McGregor. the UFC. McGregor Mayweather boxing. Oh yeah, was yeah, just yeah. Let down. Well, Floyd Mayweather's whole thing is retreat, play defense, don't yeah. let him hit you, and then when he tires himself out, tee off. Yeah. And that's what Floyd Mayweather has made bil- made billions of dollars doing that. Did anybody call out McGregor this weekend? Yeah, I, Michael Chandler. Okay, did. I was going to say, yeah. I, was, I was listening to... Uh, <laughs> and he responded with, like, a picture of his yacht or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was listening to the, pre, the pre-fight show on the radio this weekend when I was driving around on Saturday, and they said, they were like, yeah, someone's going to call him out, and I didn't, I never heard if anyone did call him yeah, out. Yeah, Michael Chandler did, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Charles Oliveira then fought yeah, and Justin, Justin Gaethje, Gaethje, yeah. And Oliveira, well, I mean... Yeah, guillotined him, him in the submit. first round. Yep. Yeah. Um, before, but right before that, Gaethje had knocked him down a couple of times really? too. Which that was, was first round, wasn't it? Yeah, three hmm. minutes into it, it yeah, was over. Charles Charles Oliveira. You don't want to go on the ground with a Brazilian man. As you soon don't as the jiu-jitsu starts happening, it's over. Yeah, it's over. You you can't roll with somebody from South America, especially not Brazil. Those people are just friendly advice. Yeah, for those out there. Yeah, don't don't go on the ground with someone from Brazil. It, it is a it is a death sentence. Do you not like Michael Chandler's swagger? No, I have nothing against Michael Chandler. I just think that's a weird favorite. Well, would McGregor be a weird favorite? No, no. I feel I, well. I feel like it would today. I I loved Conor McGregor when he was at his peak. But so he's who's gotten, your favorite right now? Oh, right now, probably Kamaru Usman. Okay. Kamara Usman and um, Israel Adesanya. Adesanya is one of yeah, my boys. Those, those are both. Okay. Those are those are my two must watch. If they're fighting, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tuning in. Right. I'll watch all those guys too. I'm just yeah. I like Chandler. And I, I I will watch UFC fights if I can remember they're on. I just I like I said I was driving during those fights and I just didn't tune in. Okay. All right. Well, if you ever want to like hang out and watch a fight together, you yeah. just let you me know. You just want to go to B Dubs on a Saturday and just make it happen. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it, man. Do they put I, on pay-per-views? Yeah, they did. It, they do it. The B-dubs and Warner Robins. I, pay-per-views. I feel yeah, like, like uh, pay-per-view fights, like UFC two number numbered UFC events, which is a pay-per-view. Yeah, they put it on, which means pay-per-view, and yeah, that they put those on. Okay. Yeah, but I say I think that's like a, one of their like a big draw yeah. for them, whether or, people in there to watch the. Fights. I know, like movie theaters are putting them on now. Okay. Movie theater. There was a couple. I would years rather ago, go to a sports bar than a movie a theater bit to watch to a go UFC to it that fight. Way, yeah. yeah. There was a couple years ago, and one of the movie theaters. Sometimes I just get it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I. But if there are other places to go, then let's go. I don't... <laughs> um, I wonder. I wonder like, how that came across. That was, like, that was like UFC 275 this past week. Yes, that happened. Yeah. And do you understand what that means, Brooks? Yeah, that was the 275th pay per view event. The, I, moment, I, I know the moment I learned that, I was like, wow. It did take me a little bit to figure out. Okay, why is it 275? Or why yeah. is it 242? Yeah. The, the numbered event. It, um, 
They got and something good going on there. Yeah, they whenever they do like a a not pay per view event, it's they it's usually like the location and then the number that they've done in like that location. So I think the last one they did was like Vegas fifteen or uh-huh. something like UFC or it's Vegas just, fifteen. They just say fight night. Yeah, you you I think I don't think they do like true fight nights anymore. Like it, it used to be like UFC fight night, but I that's think that's the they ones number I'm, I'm always interested. JJ yeah. doesn't like the the smaller ones that come on that are on just regular. ESPN. Yeah, where you have you have there is no like title fights yeah. or anything. I think for every numbered event. What makes it that is that there's a title fight of some yes, kind. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah. So, um, like, I'm going to look at the schedule. Like, this weekend, Saturday the 14th, you've got uh, UFC Fight Night, and JJ's not going to watch any of it. And nope. It's, it's just, <laughs> it hurts a little bit. I mean... What channel is that on? I don't even know. Uh, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Okay. One of the two. You've got, it's, it's interesting. That, that UFC got, fight was really interesting because Justin Gaethje missed weight. Yeah. So he or not Justin Gaethje, but Charles, uh, Oliveira. Charles Oliveira missed weight, lost so, his title. Yeah. So like the belt is currently vacated, but he won that fight. So he is still number one in the world, and he's going to have another shot at that title. But to he try missed, and get the title back. Yeah. That was his. Yeah. You've That's got, weird. He had it and lost it because he was overweight by half a pound. And it's interesting because Justin Gaethje showed that he had already gained ten pounds back in water weight. So he was like one sixty something by the time of the fight. But but Charles Oliveira was still struggling to lose that half a pound the day before. So it was. What do you think of that rule? Oh, I. You have to enforce somehow. You have to enforce weight limits somehow, and I, I can't think of a better way. Um, every fighter goes through cutting. Um, crap! I went through cutting when I wrestled in high school. I had to cut weight, uh, not a ton, not nearly as much as a lot of people do. I only had to lose, I think, four pounds at the start of the season. I was I wrestled one ninety five was the weight class I wrestled at, and I weighed about two hundred at the end of football season. So I had two or three weeks to lose those four pounds. And when you're wrestling, it's really not that hard to lose weight because that is the most physically awful thing I've ever done. <laughs> Wrestling is like so, you're so tired. Yeah, wrestling it? is so physically demanding. Um, you lose weight in a hurry, and then also they make you run because it's such a cardio thing. My God, it is such a cardio thing. I tell you what, though, got me in the best shape of my life. I was 190 pounds by the end of the season, and that is the best shape I've ever been in. With all due respect, thank you. Do I feel you, like I'm about to be insulted. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what usually happens when JJ says, "With all due respect." Yeah, yeah. Do you want to wrestle? Oh, no. <laughs> I think I think I'm a little outside of your weight class, but sure, man. Okay, with all due respect. Yeah. We, hold on, hold on. Wrestle? Are we going like WWE wrestle or like actual like college wrestle? Where you are just we, like are we saying wrestling, right. wrestling or wrestling? Yeah, wrestling or wrestling. Wrestling. All right. Wrestling. All right. Like Pins. I'm not putting on a singlet, but I will go put on gym clothes. Okay. All right. Do, do you do you have a mat? Do you with, know where we can do this? With all due respect. <laughs> okay. Do you think you could beat everyone in the office? Oh. Are we including only sports call people or periphery of Tiger? Or sports call people. Sports call people. Okay. Did anybody wrestle in high school? Nope. Yeah. So, yes. Because wrestling is less about physical strength, even though physical strength is incredibly important. It's Tom more Peavy, about... you think you can beat him? Oh, God. He's Tom's, feisty. Tom is a feisty man, and he works as a firefighter. Like, that's tough. Cam, Cam looks pretty strong. Tough. Yeah. Cam Cam is strong, but I again, it's not just about strength, but I'm probably your Cam, weakest competition. 
Go me or Brooks? Me. Yeah, Go me or me. Brooks. I think I think you. Go I think me. Well, I don't know. I the thing is, like to wrestle you all in a gauntlet. That was actually a drill we did. Is one guy would stay in the middle and he'd wrestle different guys for thirty or forty-five seconds so that they were all fresh and he was just getting exhausted standing there in the middle. It was a t- it was a tough tough thing. All right, but not- it's it is a six-minute sprint. You are just going. Not the office periphery, but yeah. Let's do a sports call periphery. Okay. Barry Blanchard. Barry. Oh, because see, Barry was an I athlete. I like how he said his yeah. name there. Barry, Barry. Blanchard. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, Barry. Offensive lineman, wasn't Barry, yeah. yeah, Barry was an offensive lineman the same way I was. Barry is physically much larger than I am as well. Not like he's fat or anything. He's just taller. He's taller than me. He's probably stronger than me because he, he got he got offers to go play JUCO ball. He goes to the gym. Yeah, he goes to the gym. Well, I've started going back to the gym, but I don't really power lift anymore. It's more like I do occasion. I do lift. I lift more often than not. But it's not like I, I I've been meaning to tell you this in casual conversation. But since we brought it up, I started going to the gym regularly about a month ago. I've lost ten pounds. Very excited. Brent, uh, that's awesome. Thank man. you. Thank you. I've lost 10 pounds since I started working out regularly again. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, news, I do Brent. not expect that rate to keep up. With that in mind, Barry, me and Barry, man, like that would be so tough because, again, like my cardio sucks right now. Uh, so, like, if I wrestled anybody, I would have to pin them in the first round because I'm not making it to the second. Yeah. I, I have maybe a good minute and a half of actual wrestling in me before I just collapse and die. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. Brooks, we just got a tweet. Read it to us. Our good friend Ricky, who always likes to send us tweets, Ricky. Uh, tagged Sports Call JJ Brandt and myself. I he says I can set up at Auburn Takedown. I'm the Wrestling Booster Club president at AHS. Oh my God! Yes, we might have it, man. Please, we can make it happen. JJ, JJ, please talk to Ricky and make that happen. <laughs> you know you can't wear. Oh, you know you can't wear regular shoes on a wrestling mat. You have to wrestle in socks or barefoot or get very specific types of shoes, which I still have my wrestling shoes. They're in my house. Can I be I, – I would I would not like to wrestle, but can I be the referee that, like, scoots across the mat? You, you can be. <laughs> Let's do I, – I will have you know – Let's do a socks do, party. You do – okay, we're, we're doing a socks party. All right. A socks party. Let's do a socks party. We'll do a socks party. Fine. See, I hated re- – well – See, I started out wrestling in socks, but I but I ended up getting my shoes probably two or three weeks into the actual season. And one day I forgot my shoes and I realized how slippery it was in just socks. It's like it's like what they say with like rubber spikes versus steel spikes in baseball. Going from one to the other, you don't notice the difference, but once you go back to the original one, it you it's such a difference. It's so slippery. It's so tough to get grip with socks, but I'll do it. I'll do it, man. You want to wrestle? Let's go. All right. I'm ready. Can you name me? Let's go takedown. Can you name me a, a, a type of takedown in wrestling? A pin. No. <laughs> no. Can, can you name me a move to go? Can you name me? To get how do I pin. say that? Can you name me a move from a position? I need a move and a position. The spider monkey. That lead to a pinfall. Spinnerella. <laughs> This is like this is this is wrestling. We're going into wrestling. No, I definitely have heard. Truthfully, uh, I never wrestled. Right. My dad, Doctor Rob Jackson, yes. actually was on the wrestling team in high school. Okay, and would tell me a thing or two. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't. Right you now, never I'm struggling. Them. I'm struggling yeah. to remember I, uh, my, what I'm looking for here. We had a move at Perry called the Flying Squirrel. Okay. Oh. And the Flying Squirrel is what you did when you were losing and you needed a takedown and you were short on time, so you just ran at the other guy and jumped on him. <laughs> which is that sounds like the spider monkey. Which is obviously not a legitimate move, and you shouldn't ever do it. And I don't we, think anybody ever actually pulled it off. We have, but uh, we did joke about doing that if we needed to. We've got to take our first break of the hour, and when we come back, Eric McDade, State Farm, will join us. We'll be covering the bases with our buddy Eric. I'm laughing because my mother just sent me a text <laughs> message uh, in which she said no wrestling, which makes me feel like this is what I heard my entire life when <laughs> she was talking to me and my brother because. You know, I was it a, be official I was a wrestling, guy. but you know what the uh, what brothers do. You I was uh, a outside single or a head and arm to a toss was typically my my takedown. You don't well, you don't you don't do a toss out of an outside single. Well, you can, you can do you can do a toss. Would out coach of an help single. you with wrestling? Coach, coach, no, coach was never a wrestling guy. I mean, like he watched wrestling in the periphery. Our wrestling coach was um, he would come watch you. Ran, right? Was Randy Moss? Yes. Coach would come watch you, right? Yeah, coach, coach would come watch me when I wrestled, yeah. Okay, all right. I want to hear stories of that sometime. Okay. All right, let's take a break. We're back in a moment on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to it. It's Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress, and our buddy Eric McDade. It's time to cover the bases with Eric McDade, State Farm. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I almost wanted to call you E Money. That's cool, man. Would that be okay? Give me a nickname. All right. Cool. I got to know this, though. From your perspective, third time we're about to cover the bases. All right. Have the first two been okay? No, it's been great, man. Like, is this the thing? Is this the talk of the town? Like, are you telling, are you telling folks about? Uh, hey, I'm about to be on Sports Call. Yeah, you got to tune in. Yeah, this is the thing, man. I got a couple people that I, you know, I hit them up, make sure they listen. I, had somebody, <laughs> I love that. After the last one, I had somebody hit me up and they was like, "Man, you went on the radio and told everybody LeBron James was the goat." I was like, "Look, I, I had to tell you." <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to get that off. I know. We need, exactly. Like, we need that to be heard. I'm with yeah. you. I am in that boat. Yeah. He is the goat. LeBron, man. Best to ever do it. 19 years. Like, next season's going to be year 20. Hey. I can't get over that. Are you serious? Crazy, man. Woo! (laughs) It's getting close to the end, man. I know. I know. Um, That makes me happy, though, to know that this is a a thing, that this is like you're letting everybody know, like, look. Oh, yeah. We're about to be covering the bases, and you need to tune in. Yeah, for sure. We're here, man. All right. We had a busy weekend in the sports world, and that's why I like kind of having you in on Monday, Tuesday, because we've got a lot to kind of recap and talk about. I want to start here, okay? Mm -hmm. The Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Did you tune in for a second? I know we had high school soccer going on. I, man, I missed the whole thing. I was just running around, running errands and stuff. And sometimes I watch it, but okay. Well, here's the thing. This is our discussion. It's the fastest two minutes in sports. I know. So either you see it 
or you don't. Yeah, it's I, I very missed, easy man. to miss. I missed it. And then it's like, I, I saw that it was coming on. You know, it came on at like, they start covering it at like 12. Right. It takes six hours to yeah. get to the thing. And then it's a two minute race and right. it's over. So, yeah, I was running around, man, doing some yard work. And I came back inside and it was like, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I missed this whole thing. But I think it's a really cool story, man. I just, you know, I, I rewatched it and people were sharing um, like the highlights to show how far behind the horse was and was able to come back. And wasn't even in the story. field until Saturday because yeah, a horse scratched and, and had to be removed the day prior. I mean. 80 to 1, how crazy the odds. Is that? The greatest upset in Kentucky Derby history. Yeah. I saw that um, they paid $30,000 for this horse. And I was like, that's crazy. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nissan Pathfinder. See, I know. I know. <laughs> they won a million dollars. That's awesome, man. That's the thing. It's like, you didn't see it, but you clearly have. I mean, when the Kentucky yes. Derby happens, you don't have to see it to know that it happened because right. everybody's going to talk about it. And then when you got an event like this, again, a horse not in the field until the day of, pretty much, Insane. finds a way to win the thing. Did you see the clip afterwards? Of the horses fighting, I did. Yeah, that was. That what was, was happening? I, I have no idea. I, I thought one of the jockeys was like he was going to punch the horse. It was, <laughs> I was so like, weird. I wanted. I kept watching the video. Like, Brant, at some point these horses are going to separate. At some you point would, they're going to be able to break free. You would like to think that the jockey riding the winning horse would say, "Hey, let's go over here now, <laughs> yeah. away from these other horses that you're trying to bite the head off of," but. No, man. I think he was trying, just the horse didn't want to let go. <laughs> that was crazy. That's that's it's so funny. At the saw, end of, it's yeah. so funny, man. I saw a picture of the, the horse like taking a selfie with the trophy. That was I like, saw that cool. too, yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> was pretty funny. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Strike has some personality to him. I like, Rich I like that horse. Strike. Rich Strike, excuse me. Lucky Strike would be a cool name though. It too. would. It would. Yeah. All he the was names pretty are lucky awesome. this weekend. What'd you say? I said he was pretty lucky this weekend. He was lucky, hey, so maybe it would have worked. Maybe Lucky Strike would have worked. No, I just that was a big event that happened over the weekend. Everybody had their eyes on, on the Kentucky Derby to see what would take place. I want to get to the NBA playoffs in just a little bit mm-hmm. because uh, that's obviously going really well uh, for uh, for us to be watching. Also, you're the sponsor of our Player of the Week. The Sports Call Player of the Week this week is our good buddy Ronald Acuna Jr., who's back in the lineup for the Braves Two home runs already in his first week after missing nearly a full season with a torn ACL. He was unfortunately not a part of the Braves winning the World Series. He hit a home run where he fell down entirely and still hit the ball over the fence. And then he hit a home run and hit the LeBron silencer. That's right. You saw that? He's a bad dude, man. <laughs> yeah. So this is a good Seriously. choice for us to have him as the player of the week. Yeah, man. He's He, he looks like he's back. That's what we like to see. He's back. Hopefully the Braves can turn it around, Brooks, now that they've got Acuna going and it can turn into something here. Yeah, like we said at the end of last week, uh, it, this is about when you want to see the Braves start to turn a little bit of a corner here. And you saw it last week. You saw them take two two out of four against the Mets. And so you, you felt really good about that. And you needed them to come in and have a good weekend against the Brewers this weekend. And they did. They took two out of three. And now you've got a, a kind of a struggling Red Sox team coming in to start the week, uh, starting tomorrow for two quick games. And you've got a really good Padres team coming into town next uh, this coming weekend. And so you – you really you keep turning that corner there. You got two out of three from the Brewers. You took two from the Mets last week. If you can go in and you can sweep the Red Sox here in the midweek and then go into that uh, Padres series with a lot of momentum, I, I think you start to see this Braves team turn a little bit of a corner here uh, a little bit earlier than they did last year. 
Eric McDade, State Farm, the proud presenting sponsor of our Sports Call Player of the Week. And this week, it goes to the one and only Ronald Acuna Jr. Excited to see what he can do for the Braves as they try to uh, win the division for the fifth straight year. And they're trying to defend their World Series title. All right, let's talk about one of the biggest stories in sports right now. And obviously, we know that ESPN is the worldwide leader. So you just you go there, and if it's a big story being talked about there, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, Let's talk about this for a second because we've got a couple of series that after last night, they're now tied two games apiece in those series. Uh, But the big story for the Mavericks and Suns in a lot of ways was not even what happened on the floor, but Chris Paul and the fans. Did you guys see this? I have not seen this. Yeah, so Educate me. I heard about it. I didn't see what the what it was. So several members of Chris Paul's family in attendance for Game 4 were harassed and physically contacted by a fan in the crowd. Chris Paul very upset after the fact. He tweeted, you want to find players for saying stuff to the fans, but the fans can put their hands on our families." F that. His uh, mother, Robin, as well as his wife, Jada, and their two children watched the games in seats close to behind the son's bench. His mother had hands put on her and his wife was pushed. A source familiar with the situation told ESPN his kids were there to witness it as well. His wife was also followed up the aisle when she left her seat. So uh, pretty wild that uh, the, the family felt unsafe. And Chris Paul, of course, in the game, uh, fouled out with eight minutes to go in that one, only played 23 minutes, and the Mavericks were able to win to tie the series back up. But that was crazy. That was crazy to yeah. watch in a timeout how upset Chris Paul was getting. And I think he's got a point because sometimes I think too many people don't think these people are, like, real. Yeah. Right. Fan, fans get away with way too much. I mean, we, we've heard – I think it's been talked about since Malice at the Palace, but, like, the fact that fans can get away with certain things is is ridiculous. And it's up to the organizations to, to kind of traffic that. And I don't know what the answer is, but it, you got to do something. you got to do something about this because you can't, you can't have – one, you shouldn't be able to throw things at players or whatever. Mm. Two, the family of those players should not feel unsafe sitting in the stands. That's That's a lot worse, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, the words are one thing. You know, I mean, we've all gone to these games and you hear right, people right. Just say the craziest things to some of these players. But, you know, putting your hands on somebody's crossing the line, uh, man, you know, you never want want to get in that situation where, you know, especially Chris Paul's mom on Mother's Day, you know, right. being harassed and pushed by fans. That's just insane, man. Yeah, these, they, they got to do something other than – you know, just banning people from the arena. I don't even know if that's the solution. I like Charles Barkley's solution. What did he say? I, I saw that he oh, kind of yeah. went. What, what, what did Barkley say? <laughs> Barkley said we ought to just take one fan out to half court and make an example out of. He said, give him, <laughs> give him five minutes. You say what? Say what you said to that guy in the stands. Say it to his face at half court. Yeah. And give him five minutes and just. <laughs> yeah. Let's, no, let's, no one let's steps beat him in. Up. Yeah. Nobody steps in. Nobody yep. presses charges. We just beat him up and. You, I think you get, you get a, a one-on-one with a professional athlete for five minutes. <laughs> right. Hold might, on tight. That's funny. That might make everybody think twice. I don't yeah. know. It definitely would. I mean, practical solution. Right. Barkley, I mean, there's, but I like it. There's the the proposed every NBA player gets one fight a year. You get to pick one. You <laughs> get to go into the stands and fight one guy <laughs> every season, and that's your one. When you have it, you're done. Oh, you don't get man. to go after anybody else. But 
as long as you have that one, that guy, you know. Because I'm sure that there would be a, a lot of players that would probably be tempted to do it more than just once. Absolutely. Right. You know, Draymond, absolutely. Draymond, Draymond yeah. would be one of them <laughs> for sure. Draymond? That would be I feel a, like Draymond is more interested in fighting on the court than in the stands. <laughs> true. You know? I mean, yeah, no, that's I, been I love Draymond Green. I'm not a Warriors fan, but I, I, I love Draymond Green. It just because I'm just like, I feel like he's the type of guy that if he's on your team, you love him. Oh, okay. If he's on any other team, you hate him. No and, kidding. And in a way that doesn't annoy me because I feel like Patrick Beverly is the same way, but Patrick Beverly just ticks me off. Are you, you annoyed by Beverly? Qu- yeah, he's a piss. But yeah. he's the same type of guy, man. You want yeah. him on your team. Yeah. That's the guy you want to go to war with. But he, if he's on the other team, he's just annoying. Yeah. So You can't stand on the scorer's table for winning the playing game. Oh, that that's, was bad. That's, <laughs> you're, you're doing too much oh, at that yeah. point, man. Celebrate like you won the championship. That was yeah. hilarious. That was funny. Um, all right, so the Warriors and Grizzlies series has been unbelievable. Uh, back and forth, it's been uh, the Grizzlies able to tie it up with a wonderful performance from John Morant, who scored 47, a game in which Dylan Brooks was ejected and then suspended for Game 3. And then it goes back to uh, the West Coast, back to California, and the Warriors uh, piped the Memphis Grizzlies. It just wasn't close at all. But now there's been so much conversation, it feels like, about the antics on the court and every player on both teams want to accuse the other teams of just being a bunch of dirty players. Yeah, I mean, we've had a few incidents, a lot of a lot of back and forth uh, after the games on Twitter and in press conferences. <laughs> just looking forward to them playing basketball, man. I mean, the Draymond thing was, I mean, let's be honest, that was Draymond being Draymond. You know, he deserved to get kicked out of the game. The Talking Dylan, about game one. Game one, yeah. yeah. The Dylan Brooks thing in Game Two was that was dirty. Right. I mean, there's no getting around that. I didn't. Th- I didn't really think what Jordan Poole did was dirty in Game Three. You know, it's, stuff happens. I mean, right. I didn't think it was dirty, but you know, it's it's one of those things, man. It's a you know, it's a highly contested series. You got a young team that's you know feeling like it's their those time. are the champs. Like they obviously they haven't won it in a couple of years, but yeah, you know that roster yeah, is made of champs. That's right. They want to get back to winning, and the, the you know the Grizzlies they're coming. They're you know up and coming team, so they want what the Warriors have. So you kind of expected that, but we're gonna see tonight. I, I, I don't think Jaw's playing, so uh, it's gonna be interesting if Jaw if, if Jaw doesn't play. There's no chance. I mean, I just. Well, they're really good without him, though. That was a lot of the talk in the regular I, season, you know. They it were, was crazy. They were twenty-one and three or something yeah, without him without in the lineup, him. which is insane. So we'll see. We'll see if that if that Warriors. translates to the playoffs. And, and and going to the game that they won, where Josh scores forty-seven points, right. you have to win that game because Golden State shot seven of thirty-eight from three-point range. They could not make a shot in game two. If the Grizzlies lost that game, you would have been like, all right, how can we win any of these? Sweet, yeah. yeah. So. And then what, 142-117 was the score of this most recent game? Yeah, like, that's not close. Up. Yeah, they shot the lights off. They made up for it. Averages played out. I, just, I, I don't see it. I know the Grizzlies were great in the regular season. They are a really good team. They're second in the Western Conference. The Warriors were third. Just talent. Well, I don't know. I just don't see how the Grizzlies can make this series back competitive. Yeah. And playing on the road tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Warriors are champions, man. They, they don't smell blood tonight. They can go up 3-1. I mean, not that they can't blow a three-one lead, but <laughs> done it before. LeBron but, knows, yeah. the goat knows. But the, LeBron ain't on the other side. That's you know, true. So That's I think true. If they can go up three-one, I think they'll be all right this time. Well, you see the thing about even if Jaw doesn't play tonight, I don't know. It it 
it may be a trend. It may not be a trend. I may be. Re- you had the the incident with game one, mm. right? Memphis took that really personally. Came back one game two. There was an incident during game two. Warriors took that very personally. Came back one game three. Now there's been another incident. Game three. Do the Memphis Grizzlies take that very personally? Come back and win game four. Uh, all I can see every time you say "take it personally" is just the Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Last last dance <laughs> meme of I took that personally when it when the dude that's what came the series out and said, is. I didn't say anything to him. That's what the series seems like. It is. Yeah. It's each there's an incident in the first three games, and the other team has taken it quote taken it personally and gone out and won that next game. I took that personally. Yeah. What? Who do you think wins, Brant? I, I feel like when they're on, there's nobody that can beat the Warriors. I mean, they, and and I've I've made it very clear I'm not the biggest NBA fan in the world. I don't watch the NBA nearly as much as everybody else in the studio does. But the I feel like when when Steph Curry is on, there is not a better offensive player in the game. I, I don't think anybody can slow them down when when they are at their best. And I feel like if they can channel like what they had during that, I, I guess it was the 15 and 16 years. Uh, I, I don't think that there's anybody that can hold up to him. Brooks? I don't know. Probably, I, I, if, if you told me to make a pick, which I guess you are, I would say the Warriors. That's I, I the mean, right pick to make. But I, I'm not going to be shocked if the, if the Grizzlies come back and win this game. If the, if the Grizzlies win the next game, game four, I don't, I'm not going to be shocked. You're giving me all the numbers that, okay, the Grizzlies can win with John Morant, but I don't think you really believe that, Eric. I think you know that the series is over and that the Warriors John, are going to win five. That's my guy, man. But uh, the Warriors will win this series. It's just not. It's not the Grizzlies' time yet. You know, it's a, it's, it's a hierarchy in the NBA. That's how it works. You know, Grizzlies is one of those teams. They right. They got to lose now to be better next year. They're really young. I mean, I think. I mean, pretty much a whole starting lineup. All those guys are. 21, 22, 23 yeah. years old. That's just how it goes. You know, Warriors are winning. They're going to try to make some moves this offseason to try oh, yeah. and bolster their team. I'm curious what They'll that could bad. be for uh, for Memphis. Yeah, ja bad. is really fun to watch. I mean, that game that he was taking over game two, even with the Warriors not shooting the ball well and back and forth. The dude floats in the air. Yeah, he's different. Like, I've never seen – like, it feels like he is legit floating in the air when he's going to the rim. And then next thing you know, it's two points. It's either a dunk or he lays it right in. You can't stop. And then his, his three balls improving. Mm-hmm. He can knock it down from out there. I mean, yeah, really fun team to watch. Uh, other series going on, Dallas and Phoenix, outside of the fan incident. Again, I think the big story for Phoenix was that Chris Paul fouled out with eight minutes left in the game, only had five points. Uh, is Dallas going to try to win this series? I mean, I was kind of surprised by this. Yeah, man. Uh, Phoenix has been the best team all year. Yeah. 2-2 two, two right now. Yep. I mean. Is Devin Booker still out? No, he's back. Booker's okay, back. okay. Um, they just really shut down CP. Um, and that's I think, t- to me, that's the key to beating the Suns. I mean, you let you let Booker get his and try to kind of hold CP down. And, and Luka's – Luka Doncic is a problem, man. <laughs> you know, he's, he's that guy that can – he can take off and win a series by himself, you know. So, uh, this next game is going to be – Insane, because you know usually the winner of Game Five tied two-two series is going to win it. So I don't think they got a good game plan to, to guard Luca. Luca had thirty, or let's see, Luca last night twenty-six points, eleven assists, seven rebounds, only shot one of ten 
from three-point range to Luka Doncic, and they still won by 10. As Devin Booker had 35 to lead the way for the Phoenix Suns. But again, Chris Paul only played 23 minutes before fouling out with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Other series of note last night, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Heat, and now that series tied two games apiece. This one's a little surprising because Miami looked so good in the first two games. They did not have Embiid, of course, did the Miami Heat. And now Embiid's back. And I don't know, are the, are the Sixers figuring it out now? I like the Sixers. Um, I'm a real big Embiid fan. He's unguardable. Uh, I mean, he changes He changes so much, especially in that matchup. I mean, you really got to – he's like – I mean, he shoots the fade away like Jordan. He'll dunk on you like Shaq. I mean, he's just – and he, he, you know, he's a, a great defensive player, and I, I don't the Heat don't scare me on offense. Yeah. You know, so I, Lowry's hurt. I kind of I kind of like the Sixers, especially if James Harden is somewhat James Harden. No know. kidding. Harden yesterday had 31, nine assists, seven rebounds. Embiid uh, had 24 to go along with 11 boards. Jimmy Butler 40 points in a loss for Miami. Kyle Lowry missed the start of the series. He's back. But Lowry had just six points and was 0 of 6 from three-point range. you got to have more from your best players if you're Miami. You were the best team in the East all season long. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, you just got to have your star players play a little bit better, Brooks. Yeah, and especially when you come into the and you go into the playoffs. That you, a lot of teams, you come into the playoffs and you look at them and you say, oh, they've got a lot of you know bench depth. Well, you, you don't really go to the bench that much in the playoffs. You want your starters to be out there and you want your starters to be making plays. And if your stars are not making plays and they're not scoring the points, it gets harder and harder to win in the playoffs. We will see how these series continue to unfold. Coming up a little bit later, again, we'll have Golden State-Memphis Game 4. We're also going to have Milwaukee and Boston Game 4 in the NBA playoffs. Right now, we're covering the bases with Eric McDade State Farm. We're going to continue that to open up our number three. So, still got a few more minutes left with Eric. We'll take one quick timeout, get you to the top of the hour, and then be back with a whole lot more fun. Alongside Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry, I'm J.J. Jackson. Two hours the books and we're rolling Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. 
Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry. We're taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401. And we're still continuing to cover the bases with our good buddy, Eric McDade, State Farm. All right, tell me some good news going on in the State Farm world right now, Eric. Well, uh... Let the good people know what's happening. Yeah, last week was uh, National Small Business Week, uh-huh. so um, you know, really had a campaign to talk to small business owners. Uh, myself, I, you know, people don't realize it's State Farm. We're all small business owners ourselves, so um, you know, really big week for us to talk to small business owners about their insurance policies. A lot of people don't even realize that State Farm does uh, business insurance, so um, we were able to reach out and link up with a few small businesses and Dude, talk to amazing. them about talk to them about what they got going on and um, looking forward to doing more of that so um, you know any of my small business owners out there listening you know, give me a call we can sit down and talk uh, about what we can do for you and just ways we can get together to do things because I can help them they can help me so drivewitheric.com to see more information for Eric McDade State Farm starting May off are we pleased with the trajectory for your business this season yeah, we man. off to a good start. We yeah, please, sure, man. We're really pleased. Uh, summertime, summer months are always pretty good. People starting to kind of slow down uh, a little bit with school winding down. You know, people try to, you know, getting the kids out of school is kind of a big, big deal. So, um, but but once people can do that, they have opportunity to slow down and look at you know their homeowners insurance, auto insurance, and those type of things. So it's been been a good start to May, and we just want to keep it going. I would like to think after five, six years of doing this show and and being in this seat as a uh, radio talk show host professionally now I've gotten pretty damn good at this so watch this transition that I'm going to have here okay we're talking about the summer slowing down after the summer what happens the fall college football let's talk a little college football right now here on the program I want to take a look at some of the power rankings going into the 2022 season uh, put out by Sports Illustrated and let's talk about some of these teams going into this upcoming season. All right, Brent, you in for this? I am always down to talk about college football. We've got to cover the bases with Eric McDade. So, uh, Brooks, are you ready for this? Absolutely. And Mr. McDade, E-Money, we ready to talk some college let's football? Talk college football. Uh, okay, Sports Illustrated, number one team in the country with their power rankings. Who do you expect it to be up there at the top? I say Bama. Well, it is Bama. Alabama. All right. <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide. You've got... Bryce Young, Heisman winning quarterback coming back. The Heisman winning quarterback coming back. Yeah, that's probably all we need to say. Yeah, and they've had they've had multiple receivers just be incredible for the past couple of years. Their defense is always going to be nasty. Their offensive linemen are mountains. The running game, well, they're actually actually their running game wasn't that good that last year, but you know there's there there are very few holes, and there haven't been many holes in the last decade or so. So. Nothing shocking there. I looked at it was draft night when I was or one. I think it was the first round draft, and I looked at all the Alabama players that got selected. I guess it was a few days because I was looking at all the names. and I'm like, all right, that's a lot of guys that they they, uh, yep. they lost. I then looked at a 2023 mock draft and looked at who was still there that could be drafted first round next year. I'm like, yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, seven seven or eight guys not going you know, anywhere. I, I think. Bryce Young won the Heisman last year, but I think Will Anderson's the best player in college best football. Best player in college football. Will Anderson's a freak, man. And it, it, it look, you could very well have Bryce Young. He doesn't or, look that like physically imposing all Will the Anderson? time, but he's so quick. 
Yeah. He's so that's, quick. Well, I mean, the thing about edge I don't mean that, that as a slide at all because yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that guy's not in great shape. He's going to be one yeah. of the top players in college football. He's going to make a lot of money at the NFL. But sometimes you think of just freaks yeah. that have you, played Miles for Garrett. Alabama and you're like, or anywhere in college football, yeah. and you're like, oh, my gosh. When I think Jordan about Davis this last year at Georgia, that guy doesn't look real. Will <laughs> Anderson is just so damn quick, and he makes everything happen. This, I mean, you you have two guys at Alabama, and both of them could very well be the number one overall pick next year with Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Uh, I'm hoping C.J. Stroud balls out and takes that from them, but I I don't know, man. It's Alabama's going to be really good. It's, we've gotten used to it at this point. They're also adding uh, Jermaine Burton from Georgia. They're adding Jameer Gibbs yeah. from Georgia Tech, who is yep. college football's active leader in all-purpose yards. And uh, Eli Ricks, he's transferring from LSU over to play for the Crimson well, Tide. He, he got arrested, so we'll see how long that lasts. Number two, Ohio State, the Sports Illustrated Power yep. Rankings, yep. C.J. Stroud. He's, he's losing some receivers. Garrett Wilson, yeah. Chris Olave going to the NFL draft. You still got Davis Smith and Jabu over yeah, there. Say, so there's not going to be that much of a drop-off. Ohio State's gotten to the point where they're like Alabama, where you say, oh, look at all these receivers they lost. Well, they've got three or four other five-stars yeah. sitting on the yeah. bench waiting. They're just going to ball out, too, And as long as you've got a good quarterback up there. And there's there's not really a second team that you can point your finger yeah. at every single year in the Big Ten, in the Big Ten that's going to challenge them. Michigan's good every, uh, every so often. Are they going to be the same this year as they were last year? I don't know if I've got enough trust in Harbaugh to do that same thing in this year you mentioned jackson uh and jabu smith is it smith and jabu or in jabu smith i thought it was smith and jabu smith and jabu okay. I, I messed that up jackson jackson is, uh, not davis his, his first name yeah um i forgot about this but in the rose bowl four he had a college yeah. football record yeah four touchdowns and the record was 347 receiving yeah. he yards. he exploded right. in that game that was insane and he's going 347 receiving yards in the rose bowl in a single game a single game. Who did they play that against? Was that Utah? Utah, Utah yeah. And they got Utah, what? famous for having a really, really good defense last year. Yep, that was Ohio State's problem this past season was their defense. Uh, in some of their games, they've got a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, coming in, uh, set to get to work there with the. But the Buckeyes, number two going into the year, okay with that? Yeah, yeah, totally makes, makes sense. sense. Georgia, number three. They've won their first national championship in forty-one years. Rest in peace. And uh, 1980. Now, <laughs> now they get back to work. Yeah, I, I Georgia a lot, man. Yeah. Losing eight, so. you're losing so much. Nine players off that defense that were first rounders all gone, or well, not not nine all defensive players, but I think you're losing, you know, most of that defense and most of what made it really good. You're going to have to replace a lot, but I mean, hell, Georgia's getting to be a lot like Bama at this point, where it, they just reload. They're just reloading every single year. They're they're going to be good. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but they're going to be good. Brooks, give me a word on Georgia. I mean, is if they figure out the quarterback situation all every single because it feels like every year, even though they they've well, Stetson Bennett is a fine quarterback for the system they're running, but it seems like every single year they're like, oh, it's going to be this guy, and then no, we're going to go to this guy. We're going back to this guy. You if you can Kirby get, Smart if, making excellent decisions. If you can get stability there, I think that they could consistently be. A team that you don't talk about, you know, retooling and everything, or re, you know, everything. You can be put them on the same level as Alabama. I don't know if you could put them on the same level as Alabama every single year, where they're a top two team every single year. I I do agree. I think Georgia is a team that um, 
it's just next man up. They just yeah. they've gotten to that point. Kirby Smart's gotten that point where it's you've got oh they've lost this guy on on you know whatever position you've got another guy waiting waiting in the ring. I, I do think it has been a lot. I agree with you, Eric. I think it's been they lost a lot of talent, yeah. and it's going to be hard to replace some of that talent. But uh, you look at the division they play in, and I just don't know if I, I think we still see them in Atlanta at the end of the year. Yep. This is the Sports Illustrated Power Rankings going into the 2022 football season. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, those making up the top three uh, in order. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. Is there another team that you think should be worthy of top three consideration before we continue through the top ten? You know, it's interesting. I think Clemson has a shot to be up there. Okay. If do, if DJ Uyunglele can figure it out. All right. Because uh, well, they're going to be number four in these power rankings. Are they? So I'm going to go ahead and jump to them now too. All so right. Continue. Fair enough. I, I feel like if he can figure it out, because it, remember everyone thought he was the Heisman front runner last season. I think if he because but he had a really bad season first season starting. If they can figure out how to channel the talent that he has, because he's obviously a really talented guy. If they can figure out how to channel his talent into wins, into onto the football field, and you know not lose to Pitt, then I, I think Clemson being number four makes a lot of sense. Clemson is at number four in their power rankings. They're going to return uh, Brian Breesy and Miles Murphy on their defensive front, who are likely to be some of the top picks, first round selections in the NFL draft. They're going to be studs. They're going to be two of the best defensive players in all of college football. Uh, Clemson had won six straight ACC titles in six straight years in the college football playoff. That was ended, and they still went ten and three last season. And Sports Illustrated wrote when you win 10 games and it's considered a down year your program is in pretty yeah. good shape think you're about that re- you're in a really think about good that. spot 10 wins you're also the only good team in one of the worst conferences in college football so let's let's say that the acc is terrible and it's going to be terrible for a little while but you know clemson clemson didn't know that when they joined the acc that they were going to be at their peak while the rest of the conference is at the bottom but i feel like miami's going to start making a comeback fsu is always a sleeping giant um pitt had a really great year last year and they ended up winning the acc so you never know i think i think you're right 10 wins it was a bad year clemson is a very good program and i think they're going to be that way as long as Dabo sweeney's there if oh go ahead no, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. I, I, Clemson will be back. There's, there's no way you're going to hold them down. Like you said, I mean, the competition is not there in the ACC, so you can see them, even if they lose a game, you know, maybe they have a chance to get in the playoff. Uh, but there's always a team that we don't think about that kind of, you know, before the season that kind of sneaks up in there. So I'll be interested to Wake see who Forest that is. Wake Forest went 7-1 in the ACC last season. Yeah, that won't happen again. Which surprised a lot of people. Uh, in a league – that has Boston College, Syracuse, Duke, Georgia Tech. The Clemson Tigers were second worst in the ACC in total offense. How bad wow. was DG Uyongale? DG. DJ Uyongale. I was great on the last name and I mess up DJ. How do I do that? Uh, he had nine touchdown passes and 10 interceptions. Oh, that's not going to cut it. Was his line in 2021. What did you want to say about Clemson? Well, I, I was going to go along those lines. You know who's not a coach that's not afraid to change quarterbacks? 
Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. You know who's yeah. got sitting in the wings right now? Tell me. A five-star freshman out of Texas. The number one quarterback from this past year's class and the number or the sixth national player, number one quarterback, number one Texas player, and that is uh, Cade, I don't know, Klubnik? Klubnik? Yep. Uh, and I don't I, – I feel like if Uyunglele does not get off to a hot start – He's going to pull the trigger. And there's a lot of people saying this kid is the next guy at Clemson. And so and you've got you know a, a, some good quarterbacks coming in after him, too. So he's going to want to get in and get playing early. I think do you, I think Dabo Sweeney, if Uyunglele does not start out well, he's going to pull that trigger really quickly and put his freshman in there. Next, number five in the Sports Illustrated College Football Power Rankings going into 2022, uh, 2022. Texas A&M. Jimbo mm. Fisher and the Aggies beat number one Alabama last year in the regular season, uh, but the season obviously didn't end as well as they would have hoped. Texas A&M is going to bring in former LSU starting quarterback Max Johnson. They've got a deep wide receiver room, and they've also got the number one recruiting class coming in four straight seasons in the top ten. Eric, I'm going to start with you as we cover the bases. What do you think about Texas A&M being number five in the playoff, uh, or excuse me, in the power rankings? Yeah, they just seem like they ne- never can get over the hump, but they got to figure out the quarterback situation. Uh, I would assume the kid from LSU will start. Max, Max Johnson. Johnson. Uh, got a lot of talent, though, man. That recruiting class they brought in is insane. I mean, what did you think of Kellen Mond during his days as a uh, college football quarterback? Because he was at A&M forever. He played there for four seasons, yeah. which you just don't see that often in college football yeah, anymore. He's a pretty solid quarterback, man. That's what I just really feel like. But they can never get them. over the hump yeah, with him. They can just get, you know, superstar type quarterback. You know, they, I think they could be really, really good. Like it's surprising to me that with all the talent that they've brought in, they still haven't been able to bring in, you know, that guy. You know, a, a, a Bryce Young or somebody like that. I mean, they even missed on a couple Texas kids. It, Queen yours at right. Texas, like you know that, that to me that's what they need. That's the next step because in the SEC you got to have that guy SEC West. Right, know, that's what it comes down to. They're gonna beat Bama. You gotta have. I mean, I know they beat them with Calzada last year, but it's kind of a fluke. But yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I think A and M's a sleeping giant, and I think they have been for a little while, and I think they're finally starting to wake up a little bit. Uh, Kellen Mond was a good quarterback, like Eric said. He just wasn't the guy. Uh, I don't know if they're going to find the guy, or I don't know if it's going to be a Georgia situation where they're just so good everywhere else that the quarterback can be okay and it still win you a national don't championship. Don't make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You, you've got to. You've got to have. I think they've got a decent head coach in Jimbo Fisher, a guy who can win a national championship. I don't think he's a great head coach, but I think he's good enough to win if you put him in the right situation. Uh, and I think they have more money than God, and that's <laughs> that that can win you recruiting classes at this point. And guys, recruiting freaking matters. Stars matter. Um, and A and M's getting all the stars in the world right now. And obviously the NIL thing, we <laughs> there's a lot going on in that world right now. But if A&M is able to hold on to all these kids and they keep building like this, there's no telling what kind of pl- what kind of team they'll be. Well, you see, Kevin Sumlin was a good recruiter too when he was there, and it's he just the same. Like this, it's the same story. They just couldn't get over that hump. They could win a big game, one of the big games that they needed to. They would win it that year, but then they'd fall fall down. They wouldn't get you know a challenge for the West. It'd always be an, an LSU or an Auburn or or a Alabama going to win the West. And A and M was always playing the bridesmaid, never the bride. And I I just don't know. It took 
Jimbo Fisher, a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback to win him a national title at Florida State. Mm -hmm. And Florida State is one of those teams that you saw with uh, Bobby Bowden, and you said this is like they can win national titles consistently. And he didn't get that done at Florida State. I don't, I don't know if all the money in the world can get them a national title there or get them into the SEC West as long as you're going up against uh, an LSU team that's got a really good coach again in Brian Kelly that that is able to recruit and he was able to recruit to Notre Dame who's a lot, lot higher academic standards than LSU. You've got Nick Saban still just destroying the, the college football world at Alabama. You've got Arkansas who's, who's up and coming. Uh, Sam Pittman's got a really good thing going there. You've got a excellent recruiter at Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. He's not going to get the same caliber players as as Texas A&M can, but he's still a guy that can that can scheme and get what he needs out of his players. You've got a stacked SEC West, and I just don't know if Jimbo Fisher is the guy. And I'm I'm afraid that Texas A&M may be stuck with them because of how much money they've paid. They him. they are paying through the nose to keep him there. Where's Arch Manning going? I'm just going. I th- I think he's going Where Ole Miss. Going? I think Ole Miss. Interesting. I don't know. I don't think it's Ole Miss. Really? I, I think he'll do his own thing. I know Texas uh, keeps popping up. I um, think it's less about the, the connection to Ole Miss and more about, like, I just want to play for Lane Kiffin. If I, but, if I was a quarterback. But if you're Arch Manning, where's, where are you going to win more? Where are you going to win more? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, Alabama, I don't see the, him going The rumors Texas. are that Alabama's out of the running. But out of, out of the teams that he's in the running for, where do you fit, see? Because Ole Miss, I think it would be a fine fit for him to be in that Lane Kiffin offense. What about Georgia? But you're not going to win. Georgia's a really – I was about I to say, it. Georgia, you can go to Georgia, and you've got a defense that's going to back you up on the other side of the ball, and you've got a, a guy with like Kirby Smart that can recruit. And if you get a if you get an arch quarterback to go to Georgia, people are going to follow. He's got I, it down I don't to disagree. six schools for Arch Manning. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, and Texas. Steve Wiltfong with 24-7 Sports Recruiting says the three schools that have the most interest and that Arch Manning has been talking with the most, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas. The idea of Georgia is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I obviously don't want him to go to Georgia because I've said it before on here, my life is better when Georgia sucks at things. <laughs> um I I just I don't know. You know, it's it, Kirby, I was happy. Kirby so Smart thinking about these hypotheticals. Kirby Smart does not have the best record with quarterbacks. But if it, you've got a Manning in there, the Mannings aren't going to let you, you have the worst. You mess up Arch yeah. Manning. He I messed would, up Justin Fields. I don't think you can mess up Arch Manning. He messed with, up Justin with, Fields. He with, messed up uh, the kid who ended up going to Washington with, and having a better career than Jake Fromm did. With the legacy that is a Manning, and you've got the whole Manning family breathing down your neck. Kirby Smart's not going to mess him up. Jacob You've got Eason that pressure. Thinking of. Jacob Eason. I think you, you are grossly overestimating Kirby Smart. The Lane Kiffin thing is interesting, though. Yeah. Because you put – he's I, a quarterback I, guru, yeah. man. You yeah. put – This put guy's been guy talked about since he was in ninth grade, though. Well, Probably since he's but would, he, would he be talked about if it wasn't for his last name? I think yes, because he's a really good quarterback, possibly the number one quarterback in the class. But would you be talking about him since he was in eighth grade if his last name was not Manning? But that's not a fault of his. No, absolutely not. 
but what I, remains, but it leads I just to don't a lot think, of hype. I, I agree. I don't think you can meet uh, mess him up. It's I, it, I especially if, if regardless of what the and you're we right, said the, the same thing record, about Bo Nix. The track record is there. And I understand it's not Kirby Smart, but the track record is there. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't talk about him as much if his last name wasn't Manning, but his last name is Manning, so we know yeah, like absolutely everything that comes with that. So I so. I. Uh, I don't like thinking about it because he's going to be that good and he's going to terrorize the SEC. Yeah, just stay out of the SEC, but I mean. <laughs> well, it seems like he's coming to the SEC. Yeah, he's coming to the yeah. SEC, even if he goes to Texas. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's class of 2023, so he's got one more season of yeah. uh, high school football left. I think he can win a national championship at Ole Miss. I think it can be done. I think you have to recruit very well. You have to you have, have Arch Manning. You, you have to and have you a have great to have quarterback. A defense. You have to have Arch Manning. You, you don't have to have Arch Manning. You can have a good quarterback yeah. or a great quarterback. I think you have to you have, have, you gotta have a superstar quarterback, superstar. whatever his name is. You've Arch also, Manning. You've also got to have a defense that's not going to give up 57 points down. And their defense is getting better. Ole Miss's defense is getting better. I'm a right. big believer in Lane Kiffin. I am too. I, I, I was very pro-Lane Kiffin coming to Auburn. Would have loved yeah, that. That would have been amazing. I, I was banging the oh, drum that would have been great. as much as I possibly could have to get Lane Kiffin These off. Are, we're, we're, It'll never happen. We're creating way too many questions. we got to wrap up here. We, we're covering the bases with Eric McDade State Farm. i got to go through 6 through 10 the upcoming season. It's the Sports Illustrated Power Rankings for the college football year. Number 6, Notre Dame fighting Irish. As the Irish have Marcus Freeman taking over their program. Jack Cohn was their quarterback a season ago after transferring from Wisconsin. They return a lot on defense. Got to figure out the quarterback spot for them. Number seven, Oklahoma. A little surprise with that one. Number eight, Michigan. As Jim Harbaugh finally did it, he finally made it to the college football playoff. The number nine, Oregon Ducks. Dan Lanning comes over from Georgia Bo as season. the head coach. Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator. And Bo Nix, of course, their quarterback. And then number 10, the Utah Utes, who lost the Rose Bowl, one of the top teams in the Pac-12 this upcoming season. They returned star running back Tavian Thomas, who was a 1,000-yard rusher and had 21 touchdowns a season ago. And also, their quarterback, Cameron Rising, is coming back, who was really good, 20 touchdowns, 5 INT. So, again, 6 Notre Dame, 7 Oklahoma, 8 Michigan, 9 Oregon, 10 Utah. Which of those teams Notre jump Dame. out to you? Notre Dame being 6th is a little weird because they lost their head coach and they're disappointing every single year. I, I can't name you a single player. They play player. Ohio State first game of the season. I, can, I can't name you a single player they have coming back. It's – I don't I don't see it. I don't see Notre Dame at six. You know who can be a really, really good team if they keep up what the previous coach did on offense? What's that? Is Oregon. If yep. Dan Lanning can get in there and create an SEC-style defense at, at Oregon and you keep what Mario Cristobal did on offensive side where you're just going to bully people with huge offensive linemen, Oregon can, Oregon can be a really, really good team. That's probably worst-case scenario for Auburn fans. If Bo Nix <laughs> makes the college football playoff, the head coach came from Georgia, that would be tragic. I would, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm such a Bonex believer. I'm, I've been such a Bonex truther these past couple of years. Like, I'd love it. I, just, I want Bo to have success because I feel like he got a lot of hate for stuff that wasn't his fault. And I've talked about that a lot on this show. I don't yeah. want to go anymore. We're going to find it. out how good Bonex is this yeah, year. That's for, sure. for sure. For sure. One way or the other. 
I'm excited to see what Michigan does after going to the college football playoff for the first time, as we said. And Ohio State's going to be good. They've got C.J. Stroud back. What can the Wolverines do this season, though? Yeah, I was shocked when Jim Harbaugh came back. I thought him to – where was he talking? He was talking to the Vikings. Raiders. The Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders was one. The Vikings was the other big yeah. one. There were he was in Minnesota. You're yeah. right there. He like he actually went and interviewed with Minnesota, and I I thought that I thought he was gone. I mean, I thought it was a done deal, but he ended up coming back after what was probably the highest his value will ever be. Because I don't see him winning a college football playoff. I, I don't see him winning a national championship at Michigan. Now, while Ohio State's doing what it's doing, and you still have to compete with the likes of Bama and Georgia and Clemson and teams like that, and on that stage, I just Ohio State is pulling everything from around that area. You, yeah, you're you're not going to get the great talent. You're going to have to go elsewhere. And even though he has tried to go elsewhere, he's still not been able to do it consistently. I don't think he's going to win a national championship at Michigan. I'm shocked that he's back. Eric, this has been great, man. Covering the bases with Eric McDade State Farm Drive with Eric.com. Your takes were outstanding. As always. Uh, we didn't have anything as noteworthy, I don't think, as LeBron is the GOAT, although I certainly do agree with you. Uh, but able to talk about uh, the Kentucky Derby off and running, the NBA playoffs catching up, and some college football talk. So yes, thanks, sir. man. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it, Give guys. us one more plug for Eric McDade State Farm. Eric McDay, State Farm, 334-759-7431. Drivewitheric.com. Y'all reach out to me. Hopefully we can help you. Hopefully my insurance is better than my sports takes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. All we'll right, have more man. takes coming in just a little bit. Well, you got to take a commercial break here when we come back. Best and worst of the weekend, and we wrap up the show. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show. This is Sports Call. easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn i'm sammy coates former auburn football player and all sec wide receiver and you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Let's keep moving along. It's a Monday edition of Sports Call. Tiger 95.9 FM WTGZ. You can reach out to us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports Call AU, or give us a call on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401. JJ Jackson alongside Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry here from inside our studios. It is a Monday. And as we do each and every Monday, we celebrate uh, best and worst of the weekend and then we'll have a nightly tv guide coming up for you in just a little bit as well here it is let's get to it our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide that's the nightly tv guide bumper that just played all well the jj through. tonight we've got a lot of great stuff I, on tv um you know what? We've Ending never done that before. Let's let's do our nightly TV oh. guide right now. All right. Let's do it right now. We've never done Play this the music. before. I hit the wrong button right there. You are... Uh... And I didn't even realize I did it until I got a funny look from you, Brooks. And I was like, wait a minute. What am I listening to? This is not right. Yeah. Did I cue that right? Did I say best and worst of the weekend and then play the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. you absolutely yeah. did. Okay. All right. It's time for our nightly TV guide. <laughs> 
Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on it's entertainment. About to end, for we've the got a whole other segment. Here's Sports this. Call's nightly TV guide. All right, it's our nightly TV guide. Brooks Childress. Yeah. What do you have for us this evening? Two movie picks for you this evening coming up in you know half an hour at six o'clock on Freeform. It's Madagascar Escape to Africa, the second of the Madagascar series. Uh, Great, great movie. Love I, it. You love it? Yeah. Voice cracked. Uh, also at 7 o'clock on ABC. That is an hour and a half from now. It's Moana. Disney's Moana. Moana. ABC tonight. That's right. ABC tonight. 7 o'clock. It's a good uh, movie. Those are your two movie picks for the evening. Sports picks for you this evening. We got a lot of playoff action starting off with hockey. 6 o'clock on TBS. It's game four between the Panthers and the Capitals. Capitals and Panthers. Really good series there between those two. No kidding. Uh, also, game four at six o'clock on ESPN. The Rangers and the Penguins going at it back in Pittsburgh. Game, the second game in Pittsburgh. That is a also a really good series. And then later tonight, eight thirty on TBS. It's Calgary Flames taking on the Dallas Stars. Really, really fun Western Conference series there. If you have not tuned into that, I know our good friend James from Montgomery's been tuning into that one as his Dallas Stars are playing. And at eight thirty tonight on ESPN, the Avalanche and the Predators. Game four between those two up in Nashville. It's really, really. Fun. Uh, also, Western Conference Series. Colorado grabbed the first two of that one. I'm looking for more. NBA action for you tonight at 6.30 on TNT. It is game four of the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks back in Milwaukee. Fun, fun Eastern Conference Series. And, of course, at 9 o'clock tonight on TNT, game four between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Warriors up two games to one. Can the Grizzlies even the series after with John Morant not being in the lineup tonight? And you know what? We're doing it so early. Might as well throw this in. It's the Bill Bailey Memorial pick for the evening. The WWE Monday Night Raw from Hartford, Connecticut is tonight at 7 o'clock on USA Network. I love it. You think Javon's going to be in attendance? I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. That is uh, our nightly TV guy. Brooks, thank you for doing that no for problem. us a little bit All early. All right, Brooks, thank you for joining me today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now we're going to do best and worst of the weekend. we got about eight minutes left in the show, so here we go. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Quick hitters. Best and worst of the weekend. Let's start with best. Who wants to go first? I'll do best. Uh, I went and saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I like Marvel movies. This one was very different. Uh, it felt like watching a comic book on the screen. I understand why it was divisive. A lot of people didn't like it. I loved what they did. Sam Raimi's a genius. Give me more. Here's what I heard. A bit demonic or, or just yeah, dark. Absolutely. It's, there, there are some moments of just like outright corny like over the top cheesy like the old school spider-man movies with like the toby Maguire spider-mans and uh there are moments of serious horror in that thing like there are legitimate jump scares and like there's gore man there's gore in a marvel movie and i was like oh my god but i liked it okay it was good it was good it wants it's it probably would have been better if they let it be rated r because they have to censor the gore a little bit but they still want to show off enough to make you go oh wow but uh you know, it, it is a PG-13 movie, so kids can go watch it. But it is 
It is scary at moments, but it's still really good. And Brooks, I, I hate horror. Your best of the weekend. My best of the weekend is I had a hard time deciding on it, um, but I'm going to go Rich Strike. 80 to 1 odds, not in the lineup Friday. Pretty got, awesome. Got in the lineup for the Kentucky Derby Saturday, came back and went. I've watched the aerial shot of it about 50 times since the. Uh, <laughs> every time it comes across my Twitter timeline, I'm clicking on it and watching it. It is so, so fun to watch that horse run. Let's see if two weeks from now they can do it again at the Preakness Stakes. Best of the weekend for me the michael chandler knockout and ufc 275 from it was just unbelievable max homa also won the pga tour wells fargo event this weekend he's becoming one of my favorite golfers an amazing personality so funny and uh it was awesome to see he and him get a win right there uh worst of the weekend uh my worst of the weekend is brooks's best lucky strike or yeah, Lucky Strike. No, no Rich racing, Strike. Rich Strike. Strike. Rich strike uh, trying to eat. Strike? I tried to call him Racing Strike. <laughs> like the movie Racing Strike. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, but worst of the weekend, uh, Rich Strike trying to eat his opponents following the race. Brooks. Uh, my worst of the weekend was uh, I'm going to go Auburn softball at Tennessee. Couldn't adjust to Tennessee in time. And. Uh, couldn't get a win this weekend. Really, really, really needed a win at Tennessee this weekend going to that SEC tournament, but um, couldn't get a win this weekend, so that's that's my worst. All right, I like it. Uh, my worst of the weekend, again, I do these dumb crimes. I was about to say, what, what have we got on tap today? It's actually in Alabama. Oh, no. Not uh, the home is this, state. Is this what I think it is? Okay, go ahead, and I'll, t- I'll let you know if this is what I think it is. I want to know what you think it is. Um, there was a prison warden and a prisoner. Who nope. F- nope. Not that thing. Okay. Um, that's here been we going go. on for a while. Though. Yes. It, it has been going on for a while, but the, there has been a recent development. From April 19th, a couple of weeks ago, two Alabama men have been arrested for theft. The Russell County Sheriff's Office have said... That's really close to here, too. Yeah. That Gabriel Mendoza Garcia and Steve Jerome Spann were arrested last week for allegedly stealing a speed warning trailer that belongs to the sheriff's office. Okay. So when you're driving down, you see the speed limit sign. It's got the digital scanner that tells you how fast you're going. You go too fast. It lights up. One of those up, on uh, South College Blue right and now. red. Both men charged with first degree theft of property and first degree criminal mischief. The suspects, this is how it's dumb. All right. Those trailers have GPS on them. Oh. The police instantly knew who stole them. And also, those trailers have video on it to help them oh. with high speeds. And, uh, yeah, you probably shouldn't be stealing property like that. No. You know what? Stealing property is never good. Oh, speaking of, like, stealing property and something that I thought saw was really funny, I saw this over the weekend and forgot about it until you said that. Uh, a man stole a lawnmower. But there was video footage from, like, the doorbell or something. He cut the home's grass before he took the lawnmower. I was being nice. He's being nice. He had standards. He, he he goes into the garage, takes out the lawnmower, cuts their grass, and then leaves with it. You know what? I, you know what? I, I, we, I said it was close, right? Russell, Russell County is very close to Lee County. Russell County, I, home it, of the Warriors? It, it borders Lee County. What if our guys were sports call listeners? do you think there's someone out there who's like my goal in life is to be on the sports called dumb criminal segment oh i i I, we do not encourage that 
as as members of sports call, we do not encourage breaking the law. No, no, we do not encourage breaking the law. I don't encourage breaking the law, but I do encourage. I don't know, doing doing funny stuff, man. Just be funny. Just be funny in life. Be enjoyable to be around. That that is when you said they were in Russell County. That's the first thing that popped in my head, and I don't know why. Maybe they're listeners. Uh, Here's one more. I'll give you two on this Monday. Please don't commit crimes. Dumb crime. Florida man finds woman skinny dipping in his pool. Okay. 42-year-old Heather Kennedy was found swimming in this man's backyard in Charlotte County, Florida, and police were called. She refused to get out of the pool. Mm. Did not get out of the pool. Yeah. Ultimately does, puts her clothes back on. The police tried to detain her, but she continued to resist arrest before they were finally able to get her into custody, charged with trespassing and resisting arrest. In Florida, trespassing is a second-degree misdemeanor punishable by up to 60 days, while resisting arrest without violence is a first-degree misdemeanor punishable by up to one year in prison. Mm. Here's an idea. How about you just don't go swimming? naked in other people's pools or yeah. just don't go swimming in other people's pools just clothed, in general clothed or otherwise unless you yeah. have unless you have permission yeah uh, have y'all ever first. done could you imagine the, that though you own a pool <laughs> in your backyard and you come home like so this much. man did and he found a woman naked in your pool swimming uh just anybody in your pool swimming really yeah. <laughs> have y'all ever done the thing you said florida man that reminded me of this before we finish out the show here have y'all ever done the thing where you google florida man and then your birthday <laughs> no. no there's this one's really fun i just did mine because i haven't done it in a while but uh if, if you just go to google and you're like florida man and i typed in may 24th because my birthday is may 24th um a florida man used an alligator's mouth to open a can of beer People like to record their experiences while using animals. An unidentified man used the teeth of a crocodile to open a beer can in a video that was not recorded but uplo- that was not recorded but was uploaded to Instagram. Good job, whoever wrote this article. Uh, the man pierced the beer can with the with the teeth, then tossed the crocodile into the water and made sounds of joy. Who wrote this? Yeah. What what alien wrote this? But yeah, there's a I I. We'll do that trend sometime on the show. Brooks, like, I'll let you go ahead. What did you see for Florida Man March 10th? No, I, I was looking at Florida Man March 9th, or May 9th, because that's today. Today. Uh, oh, my gosh. He was cranking Leonard Skinner while doing it. Uh, authorities witnessed an event on a dashboard that they do not always encounter. The leg of an illegally hunted crocodile was stuck in the dashboard of someone's car. <laughs> Officer stopped a truck in Corbett. Okay, okay, okay. Both of these stories involve either crocodiles or alligators. Yeah. I don't know which one's in it's Florida. Because it's Florida. No, yeah. they're both in Florida. They're both in Florida. Okay. Uh, officer stopped a truck in Corbett Wildlife Management Area to check the day use pass Monday morning. Authorities found numerous crocodile parts in the truck. Yeah. The owner, owner of the trucks of the crocodile parts from, from years ago, according to the Florida Wildlife Commission post, the crocodiles had been killed a few days ago and they stink. The owner of the truck admitted to hunting crocodiles without permission a few days ago. The officer sent the man a court notice of his confession. And then there's another one that says, this is just a headline, just says, Florida man fleeing from police is attacked by alligator. <laughs> Period. Yep, checks out. Just dumb. <laughs> checks out. Oh, man. Thank you guys for being here on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I am out of here tomorrow and Wednesday at least. Should Auburn softball continue to win... It will be longer until I see you fine gentlemen again. We hope we, hope we don't see you till Monday. Yeah, that would be great. I would appreciate that uh, as well because that means it's a celebratory Monday show for the SEC softball champion, your Auburn Tigers. Let's speak that narrative into existence. Brant, 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Brooks, yep. thank you for being here. Absolutely. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you to Eric McDade State Farm for stopping by to hang out with us a little bit. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.